When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. Uh, Good morning, Brian. How do you do? Monday, baby. Good, Big brother. Week. What's happening with you? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good weekend. Um, lots to lots to discuss from the weekend. But I, I kind of wanted to start here. A little bit of uh, breaking news this morning, I, I guess is fair to say. Um, Albert Breer in Monday Morning Quarterback, I think is the first to have this kind of all over the place now. Marvin Harrison Jr., widely considered the top wide receiver in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, arguably the the cleanest, best prospect in this draft. Mm-hmm. Not only now what we've seen more and more in recent years, especially among people that are that are at the top, they go to the combine but don't really take part in any of the physical drills. Um, that but they kind of go for interviews and to meet teams and meet coaches and all that. Marvin Harrison isn't going. Period. He's, and uh, you know what? Not, I, and I kind of thought you'd be. Ha- and I don't have. I a thought problem. you'd I don't have a problem. There are a lot of guys. Listen, man. The the I understand the importance of the combine for those that are kind of visit going and looking at it, and all those things. But for the person who's actually playing, it's prehistoric. And if you've seen me perform at a certain level, you're going to come. Normally, you come to my place anywhere. Anyway, and do all those same things. Well, dude, not all, so. Just for people that are like, "Oh my gosh, how will he ever get scouted?" Yeah, but that's been he's, going on. He's that's been, been going on since way back when I came out of college. Right. Guys don't always go. Not running and, and jumping and doing stuff is one thing, but usually guys at least go for the song. There and dance are guys that have not even it's, shown up, right? But it's rare. It's very. It's rare. rare but to, I, but the thing about it, let's be real. Who's the last dude that really didn't go? Do you think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to drop in the draft because he don't go to a combine? Not at all. Okay. I, I think it's it's a really interesting <clears throat> turn of events. Like, if you are, if you're trying, if you're, I, I mean, we can look at, like, kind of these draft boards, right? If you are a day three wide receiver, you're going. If you're a day two, you're going. But if you're Marvin Harrison and there's no way you get out of the top five, 
you don't need to go because not only is he going to have his own pro day at Ohio State where every scout will come watch him, he's also put up three years of tape. Yeah. Like, I mean, the guy has 2,600 receiving yards in, what is that, 38 college games. He, he's he's He scored 31 touchdowns in three seasons. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a lot he needs to do to prove. Um, I just, I, I saw that this morning and I'm not surprised by it. Um, I, what I am surprised by is that the first, not to say it's the first time this has ever happened. It's happened. I mean, hell, it was just last year that Jalen Carter had that weird arrest thing pop up and he left, Mm -hmm. but he was there and then he left. Um, I do. Oh, good. We're back to blue ink. Um, I, I I do just find it remarkable. I would have thought be that a quarterback would be the guy that does this, not necessarily a wideout. But, but maybe but he's thing, just so clear but, ahead. But see, that's 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 our mindset. We have gotten to a point where we only think that the quarterbacks are the only people with any kind of uh, leverage. I think yeah. I think Marvin Harrison has been touted as the top receiver all year. He, we started the year like that. He finished the year like that. He didn't get no shorter. He got no slower. Right. He did not perform any less. What the hell is it going to do for him to go there? Well, there's an. I, I agree with you. There's an interesting. There's a lot of interesting forces at play with the combine because, what I've said and I feel like we have kind of discussed is, we know the BS is coming, right? Like the junks had Merrill Hodge on this morning. Mm-hmm. And it was a good interview. Um, it, got, it had me and Jeff sitting in the car because we didn't want to pull into, I don't know where the hell Jeff parks. I didn't want to pull into my garage because I didn't want it to cut out. So that's like when you know something's good, right? And I think it's because Merrill is, is certainly willing to speak his mind um, in unconventional ways. And heading into this week with the quarterbacks, there's going to be so much intrigue. Uh-huh. But I know just trying to, so I fly out this afternoon at 5 o'clock, right, from Dulles. And because of the way the NFL has done this now. Even to meet somebody have a sit with Kind of. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's a lot of people. I mean, you know how it is when you get to these events. There's a lot of people going a million different directions. Yep. And if you don't at least touch base beforehand, it gets hard to maybe line up, uh, whether it's a cup of coffee in the morning or a cocktail in the evening, whatever. Um so I was I texted with a bunch of coaches from around the league, and they've spread this thing so far out mm-hmm. that less and less people, unless you go the whole week, which for some people would mean going yesterday yeah. through next Sunday, or at least today through Sunday, which I just frankly don't want to do. Um like you're like you're not gonna be there at the same time because they divide up the position groups mm-hmm. and certain coaches, like if you coach Running backs, if you're a running backs coach, you don't need to be there on Friday when the quarterbacks are gone. So you can fly in, get out, not deal with the craziness. But B, more and more staffs just aren't going. Yeah. I know of an NFC South team that's not going. So this is the question I'm going to ask. And this is what I want those people who are going to get up and get their panties in a wad because Marvin Harris is not going. Repeat what you just stated again about the staffs. Now, it's not everybody, no. but it's a growing trend. But most of them are not going. 
No, not most of them. I'd well, say it's a lot of the staffs are not going like they used to. They say like that. They're not sending the whole staff. Or they're, not for the whole time. They're sending like, a certain amount of people at a certain amount of time. So they are now not doing like they used to. Back in the day, the whole it's like the whole office moved over there. If they are getting less interested in that combine, why the hell do the players have to be there if they've already established themselves as the guy? Dude, I, I think what Marvin Harrison is doing, it kind of like – Basically, what I'm curious about, because I, I think you and I believe, at least in in the sports and entertainment industry, mm-hmm. in, in the industries where eyeballs and selling tickets are ultimately your currency, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What's more powerful than the NFL? Beyonce, Taylor Swift, probably them. maybe and- some soccer, like the World Cup. Yeah. But there's, it, it's a pretty short list of what's ahead Very of them, much. right? Yeah. The combine is a huge moneymaker for the league. The players aren't making anything off of it. No, I mean, no. But So my thing is, they would want all the top guys to come because it makes them have more people around so they can make more dollars. Well, the next thing that's going to happen, players are going to start asking, what you giving me to come there? I mean, if you're going to benefit off of it, why shouldn't I? Because they're not going there to see the lead. They're going to see those individual players, right? Well, especially, I mean, if you think about it more and more, if they're not going to work out and they've got to be there for three days in these, like, groups, mm-hmm. and I I really think the NFL made a mistake when they switched all the workouts to nighttime, and they only did that because they want they did that prime to make time money. viewership, yeah. right? There you go. Money is all about the green. But, like, I, I just think it, it gets these guys so far off their kind of natural rhythms for working out that I I wonder if that was a factor in it. Um, like, like I You know what it is? Marvin Harrison Jr. Has Everybody a, hates it. Coaches hate it. Scouts hate Marvin it. Marvin Harrison it. Jr. has a Hall of Fame dad who went through this league a minute guy, and smaller than most receivers that did that had the impact that he had, and it, and he was never he was not given the level of love that he probably should have gotten throughout his career, and he is probably telling his son that's unnecessary. I don't think this is about an agent. This is about I grew up with a man that went through all this crap, and when I told you about like how you stand up with this shorts on in front of the crowd, yeah, that's demeaning to a lot of guys. And that happened if you if you look at the uh, what's it called the, the dynasty the dynasty Tom you see but every player has to go through that but a lot of that stuff is like I I, I did it I was thrilled by it but why am I bench pressing two twenty five as much as I can when am, when am I ever as a running back gonna be bench pressing two twenty five pounds on a football field I get. It, it's tricky because I understand wanting some level of uniformity in your testing so that everybody is compared at the same rate, right? Like, hey, everybody ran on this field. So if this field's fast or this field's slow, everybody was on the same field. But I do also understand that there, to me, I mean, you point this out. By the by the end of this week, I'm guessing, how many times are we going to hear the phrase T-shirt and panties from B-Mitch? <laughs> like, well, what does this have to do with football, right? I'm being real. It's so just... I, I, I get to if anything, 
The tape is what should matter. I ran the 40 at in Indianapolis. When they came to my school, they still wanted me to run the 40 again. So if uniformity matters, I shouldn't have to run it again at my school, right? The best, and maybe we could get him on this week because I love this story. And I don't know, I assume he's told it Ooh. publicly. Um, Tana's story about running the 40. Santana Moss didn't, I believe, this you could look up, but I believe Santana did not run the 40 at the Combine in Indy mm-hmm. and then ran it at his pro day at Miami. And I'm not going to give it away because it's an amazing story the way Tana tells it, but it Drew Rosenhaus gets involved and they, they shut down the operation because it was so blazing fast. Well, let's, let's, maybe we can get Santana on the but show you know, this week. And that, that's kind of like when you're a lawyer. And you, you're asking questions, and then you ask a question where you expect to be a throwaway, but the guy gives you an answer and incriminates the hell out of himself, and you say, no further questions. You know why? Because the jury's going to remember that damn answer. <laughs> They're going to remember what happened then. When he hit, when Tanner hit that blazing speed, Drew's like, he ought to do nothing else because that's all they're going to go away with. They're going to go away with saying, this dude here can run his little ass off. You know, it's like I ran the 40 at the Combine, and they were claiming that their turf was fast. I felt it was slow. Then I ran the 40 at my school on grass and had a better time. You know what I'm saying? With the pull hamstring. That's crazy. So once I ran the better time, once uh, Don Bro, uh, was running back coach at Washington, once he told me the time, then I revealed that I had a pull hamstring. I pulled the wrapper off and showed him the, 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 the black and blue uh, little bruising. <laughs> And he go, man, you did that running like that? He said, why? I said, man, it's my only chance, right? And then I went through everything. I go to the physical therapist earlier that morning and was crying because she was digging into it to give me the opportunity to go run. But it's what we go through to get it done. But they do so much. And in this day and age, guys have a better understanding of what's going on. Hell, when I went to the Combine, they were just starting to have all of these these, – facilities to teach you about everything combined. When I went there, I didn't run no shuttles and stuff like that. I just went there and the shuttles were new to me. Now you can go to these little training uh, sessions that will give you everything that you have to do at the combine and you'll start it off two, three months prior. And when you get there, you're much better than what you were before. So you're training for it, you know? So everything has changed for it and they're catering to it. But I think also the best of the best understand it's not necessary. I think, it, man, life, what, what is that phrase? Like, men are as loyal as their options or whatever. Like, there's some phrase like that, right? Mm-hmm. I like, think everybody. Don't just, sure. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, people. People. Yeah. I, I, but life, life and opportunities are about leverage, and Harrison's got it all. Oh. And... Doesn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think the only downside or, or I, I struggle to find any real negative on this, frankly. Um, yeah, Randy Moss, I'm, I'm, Randy Moss keeps popping in my head. Did he go to the combine and or did he participate in a lot of stuff? I know it was a certain a receiver or somebody when I came out that didn't do all the stuff. I imagine Randy went because he was probably proving that he deserved to go wherever. Mm-hmm. Um but my year coming out, it was somebody. I I just remember. He went to the combine, but doesn't look like he did anything. Yeah. But he went. 
I, I'm saying he went, but he didn't do anything. Like, if you don't do if going there is one, I mean, people say, well, a guy goes. A lot of guys that go don't do all the interviews either. He do maybe some with the teams he like or don't like. Uh, Tony but, Moss. Tony but, Moss but was a receiver. we're talking about, so the other thing to keep in mind here, the NFL draft goes seven rounds. Then you've got a probably a few hundred undrafted guys that then sign as free mm-hmm. agents. Then you got people that get invited to training camps, rookie camps. Rookie camps, you end up with, let's just say it's seven picks, three guys they sign. They still fill out like a 30, 40-man roster that weekend after the draft. Mm-hmm. Like For the vast majority of people, the combine has a lot of value. Yeah, but but, but uh, I do uh, think... Most of those guys don't even go to the combine. Well, A lot of them don't get invited. That's what I'm saying. So think about it, okay? Just like in, in minicamp, you, you cover a lot of minicamps. Yeah, they're exciting. They are not really sitting there and figuring out what the first rounder can do. He's already on the team. Right. They're trying to figure out what that what those guys farther down the roster can do so I can know who I'm letting go, who's going to try to have opportunity to come along. So when they get to the combine, you think they're really trying to see what Marvin Harrison is going to be able to do? He's already proven what he can do. He's run the 40 many a time. They know that. They got every one of them. There's three years of tape. So they got, I'm saying, they got all that. So when he gets there, out of the 300 and some people, I think go, right? I think it's 325. 320-some people go. I guarantee you they're not looking at, they're looking at more at the bottom 100 and something than they are the top 100 and something. Because they can, now I need to see, can this guy amount to something else and then deal with these people? Like we're talking wideouts, right? And I think, dude, you've got, the NFL's got something on their hands here in that you've got head coaches that don't go now, mm-hmm. staffs that don't go. Maybe the head coaches go, the GM goes, but the staff ain't going. Now you've got an incredibly high-profile player with a Hall of Fame father, to your point, B, not going. Now, like, if you are... Xavier Worthy, uh, stud Texas wideout who could creep into the back half of the first round. You go. Combine matters to you. Yeah. And you get further down that list. Um, the kid Leggett from South Carolina, uh, big fella, tall. He, he's trying to get into the first rounder. Like, there's no, this isn't going to like undermine the system. But if more and more of these top kids are like, wait, so the coaches aren't even going? Yeah. Why do I have to go? But see, but that's it, Jay. Like, like for me, when we saw when Cliff Kingsbury had um, Kyler Murray calling the plays in the second half of a, a preseason game, remember that? I think all the starting quarterbacks should have to do that every year during preseason. So I, You know why? Because as bad as preseason normally is, the number still kicks all the other leagues' ass, right? They're regular season games. So if Marvin Harrison is not there, people are not going to turn off. Right. They're not going to turn off the uh, TV because it's the love and the, and, the, and, the, and the hunger for what we have coming and what those guys are going to be. So they're going to keep watching. I think the league has to just understand that <laughs> it has always been everything about the players is put out there. But when you hear the things you just stated, when reporters are saying, well, this staff isn't sitting their whole staff and this staff isn't sitting their head coach, those players and those those agents are saying, well, it's not that important to them. So you hit on something that I think is fascinating in all 
The combine is a is super important for agents. The NFLPA holds their annual meeting with agents there where I think they have to be present mm-hmm. and there's like paperwork they have to come and sign. Yeah. And I think they do it on purpose to make sure everybody's there in one place, right? Um by and large, agents are covering the costs of getting these guys to the combine and all the training they do in advance of it, all of these things, right? At some point, the agents will look at this as a return on investment. And we're not talking about Marvin Harrison. We're talking about a fifth rounder yeah. that they're spending a hundred grand on in testing for the combine and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if there's not enough decision makers there, you you wonder when they're like, yo, we can just keep you at your college working out for your pro day and save this 70 grand. Like those those things will come into a account. My other way to fix this damn thing, sorry, Landfill, but I've wanted to say this, the cognitive testing. What It used to be the Wonderlick. Now it's the S2 or whatever. Those scores getting leaked pisses these kids off, understandably. And I it, wouldn't take it. Dude. If I'm a certain level, guys, I give them a one-finger salute keep moving. I think there's a fix for everybody, for the, for the low-level guys and the high-level guys. You only can give those tests out if you bring a guy in for his top 40 visit. You got him in your building, you want him to take the test? Fine, because if that leaks, I know exactly who leaked it. That that solves the issue. But once you visit more than one team, then you don't know what team. Yeah, leaked. but the tests are specific. They're not it's not you're not sharing it. Like, all right, I'm going to visit Chicago, they're asking me for the test, I'll take it. Got me all fired up on a Monday morning of combine week. Now, if you also are fired up, I got just the place for you. Head over to Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. They've got two floors of heated bay. You're not going to need heated bays this week. The weather's going to be perfect. Just go over there and hit balls. It's going to be awesome. If you're trying to improve your game or you just want to go drink some beers with the boys, Rudy's is the spot for you. All of their 74 driving range bays are equipped with top tracer technology. It's an unmatched experience for pros or if you're just a beginner. If you want to bring the kids... Two putt-putt courses, awesome draft beer selections, terrific chicken wings. Go check them out, rudysgolf.com and rudysgolf on Instagram. Be Mitch Finley, 1067, the fan. Um, Landfill, you ready for... It's funny, CK asked me this morning if we if I was going to Detroit, and I was like, I don't know. Um, you are going. When is Detroit? End of April? Uh, the 25th to the 27th. Yeah, the actual draft. Today is the 26th of February. So I'll, I'll let you guys help me with the math. I believe it is two weeks, until two months rather, yeah. two full months until the draft. I'll go with that. Round one is the 25th, right? Yeah. April 25th, that Thursday night. Um, two full months of people having opinions on college quarterbacks. Lion season. Lion season. Lion for season sure. already started. Um, there are a bunch of quarterbacks that are going to be throwing. Jaden Daniels, however, LSU quarterback, is not one of them. Um, he's going to Indy. He's going to do interviews, going to do meetings, but he's not working out. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue there, I mean, hell, with that kid, there's five years of tape. But that's been the precedent lately. The top guys. Especially a quarterback. The top guys at quarterback normally wait till you come to their school and their coordinator has everything set up to make them look as good as they possibly can. The, so I understand that. The most 
by a mile. Electric. Do you remember Johnny Football's program? Johnny, boy, Johnny Manziel. When he came out in shoulder pads. With the pads. equipment on. Yeah. I mean, it was like riveting television watching Johnny Football's <laughs> pro day. And, and if that makes me a nerd, if loving the Lord is wrong, I don't want to be right. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but uh, I think there's this. People have this notion that this is like, oh, these guys are wimps now. Yo, nah, that that's not Eli it. Manning did this 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, that, and I'm sure it happened before that, but I know Eli didn't work out at the combine. Um, I don't. I I think Andrew Luck didn't work out. Did Robert run at the combine? Don't remember. I'm pulling that up. But see what I'm saying though, Jay is because I know his pro day it, was a show. It is not Mitch was there. the first day or first time that a player has not done all this stuff. So my my whole thing is. Why act like it's new? I mean, this is one thing that we've we, we've gotten like this in social media everywhere. Things that happened before 20, 25 years ago got no press. Now today we lose our mind because it's happening. It's been happening. So why would you think that we have better ways of communicating today but don't think that people today will do what they were doing in the past? Dude, this is kind of fascinating. I just pulled up RG3's combine profile. Mm-hmm. Should we take a trip down memory lane here? Let's go. Um, this is Robert Griffin III. He had a 95 prospect grade. Mm-hmm. All right? So he did. He actually ran. He ran a 4-4-1 at the combine. Had a 39-inch vertical jump. I mean, clearly just a super gifted athlete. Um, Couldn't slide. The analysis. Many would argue that RG3 is not only the most physically gifted quarterback in the 2012 draft, but that he is the most talented player overall. His intangibles are making so many general managers swoon. Griffin, because of his athletic ability and Joe Montana-like ability to extend plays and remain focused on moving the ball downfield, not to mention his hurdling ability, stands to potentially be the better prospect when matching up physical traits with luck. Nonetheless, RG3 will likely be a top-five pick and is so talented that teams with large investments in young quarterbacks such as Sam Bradford and St. Louis will have a tough time passing up on the opportunity to draft a potential game changer. I would love to interview the person who wrote that. Well, what's hysterical, such as Sam Bradford and St. Louis, the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, traded out of that number two pick <laughs> to the Skins to take him. Um, strengths. RG3 is a talented quarterback who was built for the position. Weaknesses. RG3 has a slight size deficiency and could have some durability issues if he has hit enough times. I think any quarterback will have those issues if you hit enough times. Hell, Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger proved that. Because those dudes were some monsters. And they still, their bodies broke down. But the ultimate thing is, just because someone has, and, and as I listened to Merrill Hodge this morning, I think Merrill threw something out there that people don't normally do. Merrill isn't saying the guys aren't good play, good players. Right. They're outstanding in college. And in college, you know what? You don't get hit like you're going to get hit in the pros if you decide to let your legs be the, do the talking all the time. But what he's looking at is what do you do when you're inside the pocket? Do you make the decisions then? Do you know how to deliver the ball in the right spot and on a consistent basis? You know, those things are going to be answered once you get to the next level. Can't answer them early. So this guy, that, that whole little write-up about Robert, Gave more pressure, more prowess to his athletic ability 
than it did his quarterback ability. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are a lot of guys that play the position and are just more athletic than everybody else. Hell, I was that guy when I was playing. I knew when I stepped on the field, I wasn't just the quarterback. I was probably building any damn body on that football field. And I didn't care. I wasn't going to play no quarterback at the next level. I was going to be a, a running back, whatever. And that's what I, I was. But the guy that you're going to keep to be your quarterback, he has to do something intellectually stimulating to make sure you understand that that guy is a guy that could be quarterback. Because if his thing is, I know I can run, and I get out of trouble like that, that guy going to end up on a stretcher. That's I, I thought what Merrill was saying, it's funny, like, because we live in a social media environment that's full of snapshots and without context, he even kind of said it. He's like, man, everybody went crazy about what I said about Caleb Williams. He, he's like, I think he has elite accuracy and an elite arm. I just think his first tendency to look to run and extend plays will be a problem in the pros, which I think is a fair analysis. I, I wonder the same thing with Jaden Daniels. What I like about Daniels is I don't view him as a runner. He Honestly, Daniels seems like a pocket passer that can run rather yeah. than a runner that can win from the pocket. Mm -hmm. What I like about May is he throws with anticipation and, and has a gun. What I worry about with May is, on, dude, he bails on clean pockets. Merrill said he bails on clean pockets and he's inaccurate sometimes in the pocket, missing Lou regular plays. But the thing of it is, see, this is my thing. I'm not watching every game of, of Drake of, of May. Okay, you and I don't pretend to be scouts. I asked this question. You know, everyone says how great he was last year. People keep going back to last year, and then they say that then he came back the following year and he he dropped off some. That's the answer I want. Why did he drop off? Okay? Because you know who else did that? Had a great year his junior year and then dropped off? Sam. Okay? And what does he do also? Leaves the pocket early. So my question is, is that something that they just have in them? Or something that can be taught? Because the whole thing is, we always say that someone can coach somebody up into doing something. That's not always the case. There's a clip going around Twitter with Drake May that I'm trying to find. And... What the people that posted the clip think they have shown is the Carolina offensive line was so bad that a two-man South Carolina pass rush was able to force May out of the pocket. Mm -hmm. And what I see is somebody that doesn't realize you can maneuver within the pocket and not have to bail out from a two-man rush. That, that is partially the thing where people think just because someone got pressure up the middle, you have to start running. Slide to the left, slide to the right. Crisscross, you, you, you can do a whole damn dance off of it. Make love to the pocket. That's what Tom Brady did for 20 years. We're coming right back. unbelievable job at it, too. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook with the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years older and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. 
See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't want it if it's that easy. Be Mitch Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Just a few minutes, we'll have uh, Mitch Tischler join the program. I think he's headed to Indy tomorrow. Mitch was on some crazy bourbon-fueled basketball trip this weekend. We'll have to get to the bottom of that. Um, he Mitch is can't not, run. They must have been running half court. Watching basketball. Oh, okay. I'm about to Watching say. basketball. All right. Um, real quick, though, Jeff, make sure you get your headphones on, pal. Um, we yeah, have we a, don't need uh, to talk to you, uh, Jeff. We have, a, we have a special guest joining the program um, it's our boy, Darius Dameron, the executive producer of Grant and Danny. Uh, Darius, what's up, dude? The Pat Mahomes oh, of the, of the uh, Madden. Uh, um, so, so Darius. I, would, I, wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it all that. Hey, but I saw it. The fact that B-Mitch watched the Twitch for an entire game is, tells you a lot about the levels of S-talk Jeff continuously makes. But just for the, <laughs> let's say somebody got into their car for the first time on this planet. Um Darius is the executive producer of Grant and Danny, the show that comes on after us in the afternoons. Jeff is our producer here. Jeff Walker does a great job. Uh, He's a great person. He does a job. Um, But I think (laughs) the big talk this weekend was the Madden matchup between Darius and Jeff. Jeff going into this matchup was 0-15 in the league. And we put the numbers at what? Darius was a 30-point favorite. Yes. Um, Darius, how did it end up? Uh, Darius is not on the line no more from what I see. Oh, Darius you, dropped. You, you, uh, I think Did Jeff you hung up, up on him? him. How could I hang up on him? I can't hang up from nobody on nobody Jeff from hung over up here. On I him, think man. you hung up on oh, him. Come on, God, man. You pulling pull the landfill now nah, with y'all. Now I'm getting blamed for this. <laughs> um, do you want to try to tell us what happened this weekend, Jeff? The same thing has hold happened on, but, this uh, weekend that happened hey, Jeff, for the past stop, stop, 16. Stop, Darius, <laughs> we, you were a 30-point favorite. How did the game go? So uh, it started all kind of shaky, honestly. Uh, Jeff had a couple of good drives to start the game. Uh, I didn't, I didn't score until the third drive of the game, so it started off kind of shaky. But uh, after a while, it, we just had to wait for Jeff to make some mistakes, and we started, and then we took off in the second half. Did did Jeff play well early, or were you not playing your best? Uh, he dropped six interceptions in the first half. <laughs> Yeah, he threw through six interceptions. He only ended up throwing two because my guys had the dropsies. But uh, but uh, I, I, whenever I play a new person, somebody I haven't played before, it, it takes me a little bit to settle in. I got to kind of fill out some tendencies, see how they feel, you know, against my zone coverages, feel, see how they feel against my man coverages, my blitzes. So uh, it took me a little bit to settle in. Derrick Henry was getting off some chunk yardage against me. Um, but yeah, once once I got settled in and kind of figured out what what made Jeff uncomfortable, uh, that's what helped me. Well, Jeff told me this morning that if y'all played just regular football, he'll beat the brakes off of you. <laughs> he continues to say that despite See, being 0-16 in the league. over-exaggerate my words. I say, well, I I say, say, if, you if play, we play regular. I say, if you play them regular, would you beat him? You say, yeah. Yeah, like, I beat Like, him. what the hell like, kind I of can question is that? I can and, beat and him. He can beat me. The way I saw him yeah. score 47 points in the second half, oh, no, you God. can't. I'd, I'd also like to ask a quick question because at 3 o'clock when the match was supposed to start, I pulled out my phone and tried to click on Darius's tweet. Right. I have never watched men play video games, right? Like, I've never done a Twitch stream. Um, Jeff, why were I'm you late? I'm honored that I was your first. I, yeah, yeah. You, you why, were my first, Darius. Why, why was I late? The match was supposed to start at 3, and it kicked off at 3.30. Yeah, because I thought I would be home by 3, but I didn't get home until about 3.30. 
So you were late. Yeah, in no, other words. I, I wasn't late. I was trying to. Uh, if it started at three, you were late, bro. You you had you already forfeited the game. Leville, was he late? Oh God. He was late. Yeah. <laughs> Have uh, we mentioned the final score, by the way? No. 48-3, wasn't it? It was 42 to 3. 42 to 3. 42 to 3. So I, I want to just read from the text thread briefly here. Um, so Landfill sent us the link and everything. Jeff versus Darius at three o'clock. So Landfill then gave us play by play, which I really appreciate. Uh, Jeff. So at 348, Landfill sent a text, said Jeff is winning 3-0 after one and a half quarters. Jeff has thrown one interception and tried to throw five more. <laughs> then a, a minute later, we got an update. 7-3 Darris. Now this is where my dumbass entered the chat uh, because luckily nobody actually bet. There was no actual cash on this, but I was the one willing to back Jeff getting 30 points. Because that's such an astronomical Whoa. point spread. I liked it. Darius, so, JP was against you. I wasn't against Darius. I just, I'm playing the numbers. I got a zig when the world zags, man. 7-3, Darius. I replied, Jeff plus 30 looking good. Oh, no. The, the next series of texts, 14-3, Darius at halftime. 21-3, Darius late third. 28-3, Darius start a fourth. 35 to 3, Darius mid fourth. 42 to 3, Darius late fourth. What, what did I say when you scored 35, Darius? Last one. Stop him and score. <laughs> Last one from Landfill. He said, Darius won 42 to 3, at which point Beamich texted, Jeff sucks. <laughs> and. Y'all having fun? And just yep, like y'all that. having a good laugh? Darius covered okay. a 30 point spread, Jeff. Can you, can you just cover 30 points, Jeff? I, I even had people in my in my Twitch trap telling me to keep scoring at the end. I, I, you know, at some point you gotta let off the gas and get out of there. I was telling you to keep scoring. I wanted you to score that last one when you threw it in the end zone. Yeah, he did throw it into the end zone on the last play of the game too. It was very nearly forty nine to three. Jeff, J Dogs, man, what the hell, bro? My team not good this year. It's okay. I'm I'm good. I didn't want to mess up my my draft position for this year. You Cause, wasn't because it's only eight. <laughs> I'm Owen, but there's a couple people in the league that's one in and two in, so it's okay. I don't but, think hey, like, it, I don't think you were trying to lose that bad. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's all good. Um like I said, Darius, other guys had time to build up their teams. I'm building mine up. It's gonna change. Darius, can you yeah. can you give me like a, a former Redskin commander Washington quarterback equivalent of Jeff's Madden skill? Ooh, oh man, that's tough. Uh, what do that wore his name on his shirt? I, John Beck. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's somewhere in that tier, the Rex Grossman, John Beck era. I would say is where is where we are with that. That's um, tough. That's but, tough. I mean, listen, hey, I, I, give, I give Jeff some credit for fighting through it. Like like you said, he joined the league late, so he didn't get a chance to develop this team the way that he would like it. Toby's somebody that joined the league late. It took him a couple seasons, and now he's winning. So you know. It, it, Jeff will get it eventually. People don't understand Madden leagues are a different style than playing just your boys on, you know, in, in a ranked online match. It's, it's a whole different style of game. So it's going to take Jeff a little time to get used to it, but I believe in him. Yeah, but you know, the way that Jeff talks is the reason why he gets all of this back. No, no. Now, see, <laughs> I told he, he y'all. See, a little bit. this way y'all be twisting my words. I told y'all. Regular Madden? Oh, yeah, I'm good. But franchise Madden, so I, words, I'm losing. I'm asking I'm another question right there. How can you get you and Jeff in real uh, Madden on Twitch because he say he'll beat the brakes off of you. 
That's what I know. Yeah, he just said. set up a regular oh matchup. He said he'll beat the brakes off of you. I'm, I'm, I, in all honesty, I'm not a fan of playing just standard regular matches, but I, I can do it just to let Jeff. I, just, I want you to do it so you can just beat the brakes off of you. Do it, do it for us. Do it for us. Do it for you guys. All right, we'll set something. They are hyping it up. I did not say I'll beat the brakes off. Now you're getting scared. No, I'm not scared. I just twisted my words. Hold on, hold on. Um, Darius, tell me if this sounds about right. Um, right. In in 1936, a fellow by the name of Pug Rentner started for the Boston Braves and went 15 to 39, completed 38 percent of his passes and was and threw six interceptions. Does that sound okay. about like a, a Jeff stat line? Ooh, ooh! I, I've definitely seen that stat line come across the uh, come across our ticker once uh, <laughs> once every now and then. It didn't, didn't happen in yesterday's game. He was only six of 18. For 64 yards, that's, and that's interceptions, no touchdowns yesterday, but uh, not as bad as throwing five interceptions. <laughs> and, uh, um, all right, Jeff, you're you're on game. par with Pug Rentner from 1936. <laughs> Congratulations, Pug. <laughs> that's his new nickname, Pug. Pug. Our guy, Pug. That is not my nickname. Darius, thank you for making time <laughs> Way for to go, us, Pug. And, and anybody that's going to hop boys. in the tweets talking trash. Put your money where your mouth is. That's all I have to say. All right, Darius, thank you. Mitch Tischler joins us next. <laughs> Jeff, thanks. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Be Mitch at Philly, 1067 a fan. The Be Mitch at Philly show is brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find your contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates. That's R-U-U-D. And remember... If it ain't rude, it ain't right. And join us now. It's our big buddy, Mitch Tischler. What's up, Mitch? How you doing, brother? What's going on, B? How are you, bud? I am chilling, brother. I'm chilling, chilling, chilling. What uh, state are you in? <laughs> I'm in Maryland. I'm at home. All right. Take us through. We're going to get to football. But Mitch just got back from a, a tour de force of Kentucky, I believe. Where the hell were you? Yeah, it was a whirlwind trip. Um, we were in Kentucky. Uh, me and a buddy, we, every year we go on a college basketball trip where we hit up uh, kind of a bunch of uh, small school games and, and uh, check out new arenas and, and stadiums. And kind of last minute on 
Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, uh, I found out that we uh, got tickets for Kentucky, Alabama, um, which was a Saturday at 4 o'clock game. That's not so. small schools right there, Mitch. Well, you're get, get ready, B. Uh, <laughs> we got in the car Friday Friday night, uh, drove to Kentucky about did Brooks, seven hours or did so. Did Brooks help you out uh, with that, Merriweather? How did that all yeah. come to be? Yeah, Brooks, uh, Brooks and Chris Kerwin from Channel 4 both uh, helped hook it up. Uh, That's awesome. Buddy, uh, who is a video coordinator at Kentucky who used to work here in D.C. with us. So um, he helped hook it up. But we hopped in the car, drove out there. At noon, we went to an Eastern Kentucky basketball game. How long is, about is a half the drive to Kentucky? Rock. What's that? How long is the drive to Kentucky? It was about a seven-hour drive. We, we drove to a uh, small casino in uh, Huntington, West Virginia, stayed the night there, and then drove an hour in the morning uh, over to the Eastern Kentucky game. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we went to East Kentucky at uh, at noon, and then uh, after that, drove a half hour up the road and saw uh, Kentucky Alabama, which was just an incredible game. Yeah, but and then we woke up Sunday and went to a game at Northern Kentucky University before uh, driving home last night, and uh, got home around uh, one a.m. or so. So wow. you know, up and early and uh, ready ready to get them. That's a lot of driving and hoops, and I imagine bourbon when you weren't driving. Um, so the now, number of, uh, the number of bets that we put down in the course of a, uh, you know, 24 hour period was, uh, was pretty staggering. I, I can only imagine, dude, and I know you well. And if you're saying it's staggering, I can only freaking imagine. Um, let's turn our focus to the combine. Uh, what do you make of Marvin Harrison jr? Not only not working out, but he's just not even going to Indy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things that you're starting to see the uh, evolution of star players kind of taking control of their of their of their fate, and we've seen it with quarterbacks for years now, where you know not a ton of them will throw at the combine, but they'll at least be there to go through the measurables and go through the interviews and stuff like that. But you know, I, I think you started to see it, you know, kind of a couple of years ago in the NBA when you know Kevin Durant and players and and LeBron James and everyone kind of started taking control of what they wanted to do for themselves and not allow kind of the leagues to, to dictate, you know, what, what was going to happen. And you're starting to see that as uh, as it's trickling down uh, to the NFL where quarterbacks, you know, aren't throwing too much of the combine. And now you're going to start, I think, start seeing other, uh, you know, core players, guys who, who are top five, top 10, you know, work out on their terms and, and show teams uh, what they want on, 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 on their court. Well, the combine is a money-making venture for the NFL. But if it was as important as it, uh, they try to make it seem, it would be 100% participation with all the people from the NFL teams, okay? And they wouldn't still come to your school and make you do something else if the combine was all-encompassing. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think the most important part of the combine, you're right, it's, an, it's a money-making thing for the NFL, especially as you look at the way that it's uh, – changed over the years to now it's, you know, a primetime event that they want to play, you know, it, you know, from seven to 10 o'clock at, you know, Wednesday night through, through Saturday night or whatever. But to me, the most important part of the, of the, of the combine for players and coaches is kind of the interviews and getting to know each other and, you know, kind of the, the, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see, you know, them, you know, doing the underwear Olympics out on the field per se. Um, but, it, 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 it doesn't change the fact that it's surprising that they, that Marvin Harrison's not even going to be there at all. Um, but he's able to kind of write his own, uh, you know, 
write his own uh, story and create his own path, and then he's doing that. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. But there's also, like, we got to be honest about the combine because what the NFL has turned it into is this, like, marketing blitz to get all the fans kind of into draft mode, which they've turned into this massive, I mean, traveling circus, right? But the, the more the, – I'd argue – the real functionality of the combine is kind of for agents and team executives to set the market for free agency in two weeks. So it's like, yeah, you know, we're going to watch these kids work out at night, but the the real conversations that are happening are oh, the agent just happens to bump in to the exec in those weird skywalks, whatever they're called and, and figure out, I, like I was telling somebody the story, the, the biggest kind of scoop I've ever gotten at the combine was if you remember a few years ago, um, Austin Hooper was the big free agent. I think it was Ron's first year, and there was a lot yeah. of talk that Washington was going to go after Hooper. And I bumped into his agent in a lobby of a hotel, like literally physically bumped into him and started talking. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, it's Cleveland. It's not going to be Washington." Um, and he was right, and it was Cleveland, and all that happened. Right, like all that is what's happening in Indy, and the it, it's almost like. You you go to a restaurant or something, but it's it's really just so you can try like the wine, and you don't really care about the food or something. Like the main course, these kids running around and working out isn't the primary functionality of the week in Indianapolis. No, I mean certainly not, but I I, I do think there is a piece of it, and you know for the top prospects, you have a pretty good idea of you know, where you're going to be going in the draft for the guys who are, you know, kind of the top 10, top 15 guys. And so maybe those kind of interviews and meet and greets aren't as important. But as you get a little further down the list, I mean, you know, there's more to the combine than, you know, just the quarterbacks or, or Joe Alt or Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, there's the guys who are going in the second, third, and fourth rounds and, you know, and beyond. And, you know, for them to have an opportunity to to, to, to show teams who they are and to, to meet and greet, I think is an important aspect of the of the combine as it leads up to the draft because you know there's there's only so many times that you know you're you know the 150th prospect in the in the draft is going to be able to you know do a to, to do a, a car wash and and get to meet with five six seven eight nine ten you know 12 different teams and get to you know show who they are so uh, you know it is definitely a lot about free agency when you look at kind of the gms and the and the agents and stuff like that but i think for the players especially as you get a little further down the draft board, it's important to them to be able to meet with teams and, and kind of show who they are. But but should it be just like coaches are? We have two tra- two trains of thought for the dip, the level of the person. Marvin Harrison not being there, non-story to me. If it was a guy that's going to be drafted uh, in the sixth, seventh round, that's a story. For me, I would say non-issue, but it is a story. It's like, a non-story. I, I'm not, it's I'm not, a non-story, Jay. I think it's fine, but it's it's news in that, this is a top prospect not even going. But it's a it's a it's a top prospect not going when other people did similar things in the past. They go and don't do any of the work. They go and right. don't talk to anybody. So it's a non-story. We we try to make all these things into a story. That's not a story. If it was a guy that's not gonna get drafted, a guy that that's that's battling to try to get into the draft, that's a guy, that's a story to me. But a guy that we know gonna go first round, come on. Well, and there's plenty of people. That weren't even invited. That like I think uh, Doug Baldwin wasn't invited. I mean, there have been guys that have popped 
that didn't play in the combine. I also was pretty impressed that Mitch waited almost 12 minutes without bringing up late-round offensive linemen like but, you but, clearly see, wanted to right there. I went to the combine as a quarterback. They weren't looking to me as no damn quarterback. So why would they send me there as a quarterback, go through all the stuff with the quarterback, knowing I was going to play another position? So I would have did better going with the running backs, right? Or something like that. So the combine is not a – just like the first round is not a guarantee, the combine is not a perfect science. Sure. Um, certainly not a perfect science. Uh, I think it is really advantageous to – so they invite about 300 people. I think 50 through 300, it has real value. Yeah. Maybe even, honestly, 15 through 300. You know yeah, what I mean? That's okay. <laughs> what's that? I was I was going to agree with you. I, I think like 15 through 300 is important because, right. you know, even with the top three quarterbacks, you know, there's there's everything that we see on the field and then there's the off-field stuff that you have to kind of get to know their personalities and how they, you know, go about their business and how they stand up in a little bit of a, you know, that's a, that's a stressful situation when you're, you know, sitting down with uh, different coaches and GMs and stuff. So I think it's an important piece for the draft process maybe not for the top 10 to 15 guys per se, but certainly for 15 through 300, it's, I think it's, a, it's an important piece. Well, and it's also interesting that I, I didn't really think about this, but Brian, to your point, um, you know, if a, if a guy comes and decides he's not going to work out or anything, he's just going to do the interviews, that is another slot somebody doesn't get to have. And like Marvin Harrison not coming means some – I, I don't know. Maybe it's too late in the process, mm-hmm. but like maybe another wideout further down the list gets an invite. Um, I think I don't know. I, you're right. The the Marvin Harrison not going to me is more interesting than anything else. But it's also just not an issue. The kid's been nasty for three years. Has the pedigree. Has the size. Like he's probably going number four to Arizona, and I don't think there's a lot of debate. Um, there is debate, though, at the top. Big man, I, I don't know if you got to hear it this morning, but a pretty interesting interview with uh, Merrill Hodge, who's been fairly outspoken about quarterbacks you know, throughout his career. Um, he said Drake May's not even a first-rounder. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're in, we're, we're, we're in, we're in silly season a little bit for the NFL, and not, not that Merrill Hodge is anyone to, to brush off, but there's a lot of hot takes that are being sure. going to be spit out over the next uh, – you know what we what do we have? Two months basically. Two uh, months to the day, the basically. Yeah, and listen, there are going to be people that are going to going to compare, you know, Jaden Daniels to RG three. There are going to be people that are going to say, you know, locally Sam Howell and and Drake May are the same person. It's just not. That's not. You know, I think that you're going to have a lot of people who, who who make some kind of outlandish statements. It's pretty clear that the top who the top three guys are, and that pretty much those top three guys are going to go within the top five picks of the draft. And so, you know, you can have an opinion that you don't think that one of them is, is as good as the others per se, but, you know, to, to drop, to, to say that, that, that May is dropping all the way down, you know, and as a third-round talent is a little uh, a little out there for me. I think anybody that watched all the film, they have a right to make their own opinions. And I think the ultimate thing is in about three to four years, we'll know who's who. You know, I think a lot of times we can look at, look at them and say, just because everybody said, and look at Drake May, a lot of his love comes from the fact that the Mannings went to the coach that he was dealing with, okay? So all these things have their play, but ultimately we'll know in three to four years who's who. Here's the thing, though. If Merrill Hodge is the GM of, let's just say, the Patriots per se, a team that is 
desperate for a quarterback and picking third in the draft. It's easy when you don't have to when it's easy when you don't have to put up the other side of it. You can just say, hey, I don't really like Drake May that much, but you know that that team has to take a quarterback at three, you know, in that situation. So is he saying that Bo Nix, Michael, he's going to take Bo Nix or Michael Penix there or somewhere else along that line? You know, it's it's easy to, to throw up one side of it and just say, hey, I don't think this guy's going to be very good. But teams have to, you know, the teams at the top of the draft, all three of them need quarterbacks, almost have to take quarterbacks this year to, to start you know, the building process. And so, you know, to, to sit there and say that one guy, you know, drafts, grades out super low is, is fine in, in, the, in, you know, in the ether, but you got to pick, you got to pick a guy in that situation. And so who do you, who do you go with there? You know? See, that's, that's what I'm like, saying though. He has that right as a analyst, but that team that goes on and take him, you, you basically prove it to the point where a lot of them take guys just because they're forced to take them. And they don't really look because once a lot of these scouts, a lot of these players, they're just like all of us. They normally go with what's the hottest thing out there. And they make their decision, and then they have to live with it. They can lose their job over it. But ultimately, if they pick the guy, and how many how many people have picked quarterbacks in the first round and lost a job because of it? Doesn't mean that they're always right. So, you know who I think of the quarterbacks that this week is most important for? I, I think Penix. With the medicals, frankly, mm-hmm. I think it's the medicals of above course. all else. Yeah. I think McCarthy, a guy that is a gifted athlete, but we just didn't see him throw a lot mm-hmm. at Michigan, like the kind of the system they ran. I think those two almost have yeah, the, but, but the biggest like, week ahead of them. Those guys have something to prove. Those guys, but like some of these guys don't need to go in the combine. I mean, like if I'm going to go to the combine and you want me to do all the same things you finna come to my school and I'm going to do, what sense to make? Come to the school. We can sit down and talk there too. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's why you see that's why all these schools have their pro days, right? You know. Yes. It's well, the pro days also allow here. guys that don't get a combine invite to show off to these scouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the it, throughout. I mean, whether you're at the top of the list or at the bottom of the list, there are tons of reasons to be doing lots of different things, and and that's. And, I mean, it's just such an inexact science that makes it all kind of fascinating, I, I would say. Um, I, I know you well enough, big man, going into this thing, non-quarterback division. Who do you want to see? You know, it's it's not necessarily, again, it's the same thing that we talked about, um, you know, with, with all these guys. It's not that you got to see some of these offensive linemen move, you know, in the combine and, and you know, what they're going to do in those drills. But it's more kind of getting to hear about the draft buzz, kind of, not necessarily, you know, the top two guys at, at tackle, but kind of as you start going down the list a little bit, when you start thinking about kind of 36 to 40, those 36 and 40 traffic, what are the commanders going to do there? Because it's hard for me to believe that uh, they're not going to take a tackle with one of those two second-round picks. So it's, it's uh, you know, I want to hear a little bit more about the draft buzz with those guys, guys like Tyler Guyton or Jordan Morgan is really the guy that I, that I like a lot, uh, the tackle from Arizona and, other guys, as you kind of start going down the list, so you know me. There's a lot of offensive line work that needs to be done in the uh, for the Commanders, and uh, I want to start digging into the nitty gritty of the you know not just the top guys, but second and third, fourth round guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, especially, I think they could. I, I th- you've got Cosby coming back. I think Wiley and, and Gates are coming back just because of the contract structure. There are some young guys. Maybe Stromberg gets healthy and can actually start for you at center. 
and then I would move Wiley to guard again. Um, but tackles are super expensive and hard to come by on the the free agent market, and I think you you really got to try to land at least one starting tackle from this draft, and it's going to be vitally important for the football team. But that we saw it last year. Um, all right, big man. I will. Uh, I'll see you in Indy. All right, Mitchell. I'll see you in- all right, that's Thanks, our guys. that's our guy, Mitch Tischler. You can give him a follow at Mitch underscore Tischler. Uh, you know what else you can do? Gamble. That's right. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get a hundred bucks in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Um, what do we know, right? Like, people say this draft is loaded. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, the word from scouts, execs. Analysts, whoever you want to talk to, the word is this draft is loaded. Loaded. And the quarterbacks get all the headlines, but not just a quarterback. You've got O Lyman. Well, dude, Marvin Harris Jr. is gonna be the first receiver off the board. But Adunze and Malik Neighbors from LSU are those are the kinds of guys that are top ten picks mm-hmm. in normal years. Now they might get pushed down a little bit here, because I, I very much believe Marvin Harrison. The three quarterbacks, Williams, Daniels, May, Joe Alt. Like, all these guys are, are going top five, whatever it is. People are gonna people are saying JJ McCarthy might creep up there, depending how he does at the combine. Um, and then you've got a serious list of tackles here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading this from uh SI. That tackle and receiver are strengths in this draft. Seven tackle prospects. Mm. Notre Dame's Joe Alt, Penn State's Olu Fashanu, who I believe is a Gonzaga guy. There's a very good chance that two Gonzaga alums go top ten in this draft. I like it. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Oregon State's Talise Fuaga. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, UGA, Amarius Mims. Bama, J.C. Latham, Washington, Troy Fatanu, and Oklahoma's Tyler Guyton. All considered first-round locks. Mm. Brian, yeah. if you're Washington and you know you need a tackle, and those seven are, are the, the top of the crop here, right? Yeah. Oh. And you're picking at 34? Yeah, 34, and then again at 40. I mean, and one of these guys gets to 28? Because you could say they're they're first-round locks, but we we know that, like, three of these receivers are going easily, probably closer to five. Mm -hmm. At least four quarterbacks are going to go. Maybe six. Dude, you could see Williams, Daniels, May, 100%. But I think it's entirely possible, if not probable, depending how this week goes, Knicks, Penix, McCarthy 
go. Like, what I'm saying is, Alt Fashanu not going to happen. But you could get to a scenario, I think, relatively easy. Washington picks, I'm sorry, 36 and then 40. Where one of these top tackles is available 27, 28, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for for example, I'm just looking at tankathon.com. They have Tyler Guyton, the tackle out of Oklahoma, 6'7", 330. I'm going to say that again. 6'7", 330. That is a big boy right there. B, they've got him going 31 to the Niners. Okay. You want to talk about bold moves and, and trading up? Like, that's a spot to attack, I would say. I'm with that. Because not only do you then, I mean, ideally he could play left, but maybe he has to play right for you. But you get a tackle, and you get a fifth-year control if it works. Because you're getting him in the first round. Yeah. Like, that was made famous with Lamar when the Ravens traded up into the first round to get him. But if you identify the tackle you want there, I would not be scared of moving up into that late first. but. Mm-hmm. I, again, this is just Tankathon's mock. They've got the commanders who, outside of the quarterback position, still need a ton of help. Yeah. They go, uh, this kid, Trice, who's a pass rush edge guy out of uh, UW, out of Washington, mm-hmm. and th- at 36, and then a tackle at 40, big boy out of uh, BYU, 6'6, 315. And if you're coming out of BYU, you're probably 28 probably years about old. 30 or years old. Right. Um, I'll try to find out how old this dude is. Kingsley Suamatea, I think. is, is That's his name? I think so. Kingsley S-U-A-M-A-T-A-I-A. Suamatea? Whatever you call it. That's We need Medhurst for some of these pronunciations. <laughs> that dude's got him. Oh, he's young. Damn. How old is he? This might be the youngest BYU prospect in history. He's, How? Tw- he's 21. Oh. That's like shockingly young for a BYU offensive lineman. Is he give, being given a um, you know a pass so he can just come out early? Because normally yeah, they, don't you have to do the mission? Yeah, you normally have to do the mission and all that. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, though, he started at Oregon. The days you need Trevor. So maybe, yeah, maybe he's not Mormon. Maybe he just went. Well, you probably can't go to BYU unless you're Mormon, right? Not everybody that go there is Mormon. Huh? I don't. Is yeah. that? I don't think so? everyone is. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be fun, man. It's cool. Do you remember? I guess it was two years ago now when Howell was drafted. Like that draft because the only quarterback that went in the first round was Kenny Pickett. That was kind of just a lame draft, and everybody knew it. I think. Pick- Further proves that the first round is not guaranteed. <laughs> sure. But this draft has juice. It has a lot of juice. And in multiple positions and things of that nature. But I think ultimately it's a combination of what Tomlin was talking about and then on top of it developing players. If you can coach to make sure you bring it out of them, and you take a guy and you find out what he is and you make him better a better that instead of trying instead of trying to change him up you have chances to improve your team quickly but when you go out there and you just think that oh I'm going to make this guy somebody else 
That's how you, that's a, as you call it, self-preservation mode. Sure. It was the, the 22 draft is what I meant. Um, I mean, seriously, if you look at that 2022 draft right now, the best player from it is probably Sauce Gardner or Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Who are both good players. Both but of them are real good. It's not a, uh, not a star-studded field here. Yeah. Um, this, this ain't that. This one has real juice, and I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Also, NFL news, B, you said you saw T. Higgins got tagged, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that tag? I mean, so if anybody didn't see it over the weekend, um, the NFL officially announced the new salary cap for the 2024 season. It's a lot of cheddar. The cap went up fairly significantly more than people were expecting. Um, the salary cap projections were to get to about 240. Instead, it's $255 million. Mm-hmm. So basically, everything went up about 15 mil. The, the commanders now have almost $80 million in cap space. Now, you, they're going to have to sign their rookies, including the number two overall pick, which is a big number. So the effective cap space, which is probably the more important figure, is about $68 million. Mm. They could be super active if they want to. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I believe they will if they have the right people to go after. I don't think they're gonna just give it just to be giving it. And I don't think they should. And I don't think they're gonna be bargain shopping either. I think I, I'm with you. I I think you've got an operation now that won't. Bargain shop in general, mm-hmm. but I don't think that necessarily means this year they're going to go spend a ton. No, you don't have to be crazy, but if you got some people that could come in and they're going to help you, even even like like let's be real, like you stated uh, some weeks ago, veteran players with the right mindset that are not going to break the bank, get them under in your building that could change your culture of playing and on field culture quickly. Totally. You, but what's crazy is if you want veterans, I'm looking at this video Kirk Cousins just posted, working out. I mean, looks pretty unencumbered, Brian. Like, it's pretty crazy to consider, you know. We're con- not looking for a veteran quarterback. I'm not saying here, but the fact that we're going to get to, it's only two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Dude, Russ Wilson and Kirk are going to be available. Not to mention Baker. There was a time where these guys never got to the market. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell that's going to do to the draft. Do you I, think it's going to affect this building here? Do you think the Bears I don't. Are, do you think the Bears are going with any one of them? No. Washington shouldn't either, right? You think the Patriots are going to try to go get one of them or the Patriots are going to try to get somebody young move forward? Now the Patriots may get a veteran quarterback. Because they got a young coach to help him out. But ultimately, I don't think these teams that are just starting up how they're doing things are going to go get a veteran quarterback. I don't believe Everflus wants a veteran quarterback. Sure. I do, dude. So, I mean, we got to go to break. Lam- Landfill is distracted. Otherwise, he'd be screaming at me. Um, where can these guys la- be? There's a weird possible... We haven't even talked about Justin Fields. 
lack of landing spots for some of these guys. We'll dig into it. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bet with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Listen, you got the Detroit Pistons. They're underdogs by 11 points playing against the New York Knicks. I think this is a game where you look at it, you have to have a lot of faith that Detroit will go in and cover, or you just believe the Knicks are so much better they're going to blow them out. Bet your $5, get you $150 in bonus bets, and you keep moving. Bet all, bet on all your favorite NBA players and uh, teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel, sportsbook with the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Go on, go on together with suspicious eyes. All right, Brian. Yes. Let's do a relatively simple exercise. What is that? All right, quarterbacks that are going to be available. And, and Sean Payton is kind of trying to backtrack on the that he's going to cut Russ Wilson. I think I think that that first, ship has first of all, Sean. That ship has sailed and you, burnt. You, you've made your moves already, right? Because Russ has some money coming this offseason. right? So if you if he doesn't get that money in March, <laughs> then we don't have to listen to you lie anymore. Correct. So. I think 
Russ Wilson's going to be available. Kirk Cousins is going to be available. Baker Mayfield might be available. And that's what uh, that's why what's called Evans is waiting to see if Tampa tries to do something. Justin Fields sure seems like he's going to be available. Mm-hmm. Now, Fields you'd have to trade for. Yeah. And whatever that comp may be, say it's a third rounder for talking sake. I don't know what it will be. But the other three, as of this moment, two of them are slated to be free agents. Their contracts are expiring, and and Russ is expected to be cut. cut. Let's just run through this, B. Mm-hmm. The Bears at number one. Not in the market. Caleb. Right. If anything, the Bears are getting rid of fields. Mm-hmm. Washington. Are they in the market for yeah, any of these guys? they going to young guy. I do, too. New England. New England is a is a is the one that I don't know for sure because I can see them looking like getting a, a veteran guy that can be a bridge guy, especially with a young coach like that. Well, not necessarily super young, but first time and things of that nature. How about Arizona at four? The um, they, they well, you know what? You never know. Because they already drafted one guy in the first round, came back and drafted somebody else the next year in the first round. They weirdly just actually this morning, I think they just wanted to silence any conversation. They tweeted out a picture of Kyler and just said, our franchise quarterback. The organization yeah, did. Yeah. Um, just like they came out and said he had a clause in his contract, then they took it away the next right. day. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say Arizona, no. Chargers, no. No. Giants? Possibility. And I like think, you said, it's only one deal, one year left on that deal, and, and I, I don't think that they're so caught up in uh, what's my man name, Devito. Uh, I forgot about Devito. Yeah, they're not caught up in Devito to say, you know what, we got our person in the building. No, 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 they might be looking still. And and maybe this is stupid, but like, I I don't necessarily not that they'd be in the market, right? But like, I don't think Russ and Sierra are gonna go live in. Indianapolis? Uh, yes, they could. They could, live, they could live in New York. Sierra and Russ has uh, Learjet money. Sure. I'm just saying, when when it was only two years ago, Russ was the most coveted person in the NFL because he was available. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, this team wanted him and wasn't able. he wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, his agent said on the record what cities he'd like to go to. Mm-hmm. And I believe New York was one of them. India is not that long of a flight from I, New York. I'm, I was just using India as an example. No, I'm just saying like, India is not a, a India town. India ain't on the you, list because they just drafted Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, the Titans with new staff? New is, staff. Is Will Levis your guy? Not based off what I saw in the uh, the Twitch game less, yesterday. No. <laughs> Jeff has Dak. He started Levis. Did he? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um <laughs> You started Malik Willis. Willis. Oh, all right. Okay. What about Atlanta? I think Atlanta firmly in the market. Russ, Kirk, Fields, Baker, whoever. Somebody. I honestly think. But then again, you have to think about this. Raheem. Which one of those guys would he want to deal with? He was in the building with Kirk, right? I remember correctly. Yeah. He would have been here. So he knows how he gonna get you get you there, but he won't get you over the, the threshold. Yeah, but Raheem, second time doing this. What 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 I also think is gonna be really fascinating is what kind of contract Kirk 
gets this time, considering the contracts he's gotten um, in the past. He had a knee injury? I think it's his Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. And that's indoor in a dome turf. Um, I, I Atlanta, I also believe. Aaron Rodgers was scared the hell out of me. Turf and Kirk. Dude. I I may be wrong. I kind of believe Mayfield stays with Tampa and they get something done before the league year opens on like a two-year. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think the same thing happens with Kirk. I, I may be proven wrong on that. But I just, if those guys truly get, if we get to. It seems to, like the logical thing that, that should happen. If we get to March 13th and those dudes are legit free agents, it'll be pretty interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ, however, I think is going the other way. Fields, I think, will get traded. Looking at this, I think Atlanta's a real option. I mean, what if Denver tried to sign Kirk? Hey. They, I don't think they have the money. I think they're all jacked up. Denver could be in a spot for J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix or Penix or whoever. I really like Kirk. As Like you say, he was working out, things like that. I really believe that people are going to be a little hesitant still. Because he's an older guy coming off of that injury. More and more, these guys come back, but hell yeah, it's an Achilles yeah. injury. Mm-hmm. But he was dialed in before he got hurt. Uh, switching gears, when we come back, let's talk college hoops and court storming. Tricky little issue. Don't go anywhere. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. 
I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. B. Mitch Finley, 1067, The Fan. High noon in the District of Columbia. Right now, time to talk some college hoops. Obviously, uh, calendar's turning. It's almost March. Time to get into college the hoops. madness, baby. But the, the biggest story of the weekend was Duke-Wake. Big win for Wake. They rushed the court afterwards. And I, my, what's my guy's name? Filipowski or something? Kind of, I don't know. Uh I want to bring somebody in that I know has spent a lot of time watching our boy Troy Macker. We all used to work together Troy. Uh, once upon a time in Bethesda. Troy, what's up, dude? Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, I know what kind of a college hoop sicko you are, and I know how much college hoops you consume um, professionally and just as, like, your passion. Yep. For the few people that live under a rock that didn't see it, let everybody know what happened at the end of Duke Wake and then kind of your reaction to it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Wake pulls off a, a big win at home against Duke. Um, you know, and this isn't number one Duke, and I, I think that's kind of an issue I have, and I'll kind of get to that. But, you know, anytime you beat Duke, Duke probably gets court stormed more than any team in the country because they're Duke. Um, and so the Wake Forest fans uh, storm the court. The players uh, are trying to get off the court. Kyle Filipowski is Duke's best player, 6'11", big man, pro prospect, top 10 pick. Uh, and it, it it almost looks like fans don't go after the after him, but as they're running past him, like one fan almost looks like throws an elbow in him. Uh, it looked like they were somewhat targeting him, and uh, you know I, I think there was like a, a clash of a knee or something, and he and he was injured, um, and it, it was definitely his lower body, uh, which is horrible for uh, for Filipowski and Duke, and horrible for Wake Forest. Um, and it, you know, this brings, once again, brings up the, what do we do about court storm? And Caitlin Clark was involved in the court storm a few weeks ago where she was uh, run over. Um, it happened. I remember Anthony Davis was taken down in a court storm when Indiana beat Kentucky back in 2010 in Indiana, they hit a buzzer beater and he rolled his ankle. Um, I love court storms, but I do think they're far too common nowadays. Like anytime you beat Dukes at home, there's a court storm and like, I think it should be reserved for if you're an unranked team uh, and you beat the number one team in the country. Uh, there are too many court storms. Anytime you do something too often, the luster of it wears away. It's like if you say we're going to have a surprise on Friday. Well, it's not a surprise because you know it's coming. Um, so I wa- I don't know what you do here because anytime, you know, uh, the associations try to get involved, even like NFL curbing uh, ce- celebrations after touchdowns, they got really stupid and boring and, and uh, you know, kind of took away the fun. So I don't know what you could possibly do to, like, keep court storms alive but curb them so, um, you know, players don't get hurt. But it is becoming a major issue, if not already an issue, and something has to be done. I just don't know what because I want there to be safety, but I also think it's really cool when they happen and they're under the right circumstances. Shouldn't that be the responsibility of the – team that has the building and the security that's there. Yep. You got all these damn people with all these yellow uh, jerseys on. Some of them have other color jerseys. They should be able to be there to at least form a line. I've seen a stadium where it was already they were they were prepared for it. And they had an right. area to get all the players in the one area and then walk them out. So right. they, they got they got to figure out something with that. And here's the interesting thing is Wake Forest actually called the timeout uh, up you know, double, uh, two scores with not that much time left. So, And that's a timeout you call 
to, you know, potentially get in the backups so, you know, your, your players don't get injured. Uh, Roy Williams famously did that a couple times where they were getting blown out on the road and he would take all his starters out and leave the court and have the, the walk-ons basically take, take the, uh, the, the getting run over. But uh, it looked like Wake Forest tried to do that. But, yeah, I, I also think you could do it where, like, it doesn't have to be super immediate where, like, you can wait 30 seconds, right? Um, because there are some times where the court storm happens and the game, like, isn't technically over. Where maybe they're reviewing a shot or something like that where they have to then clear the court. So there's certainly more that can be done, but I don't think, you know, any decision that's made, it's not going to be like inching towards it. They're going to make a drastic change. And, I, yeah. you know, in the SEC, you get fined twenty five dollars or $50,000 every time it happens and it goes up. Um, I, I think it's, you're going to see some very drastic changes happen. Um, talking with our buddy Troy Macker here. You can give him a follow at Troy Macker, M-A-C-H-I-R. I have... I'm trying to eliminate any bias in my brain when I watch this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What are the – give me the, the size of this kid again. 6'10", 6'11", 225 pounds, uh, you know, pro, uh, power forward, uh, stretch four. Can't he just truck these dudes running at him? I think it was a young lady who tripped over here who hit his ankle. Yeah. It, it, watching it, like maybe – I mean, maybe he was being too nice and didn't want to get. It just seemed he like was he was just walking have... off the court, and I think she right. showed up, and his foot was going out. But for me, I've always, I'm in the mindset, I'm in a defensive mood, I'm in a defensive posture immediately. And he was hit. He was, I think, it was a young lady who ran into his leg, and he he got hurt. But the way they hit it, I can see it happening like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think the players have to also understand. If you know that you're losing to a team that's lesser than you, somebody may come on this court, you yeah. got to immediately start to protect yourself. Yeah. And, and you know, it is kind of like if you're you know on a football field and, and someone runs in behind you, you know, you don't see it coming. You may not be in a fully athletic stance. The game's over. So he's, you know, you know, not no longer like his muscles are locked up. He's trying to just walk to the sidelines. Uh, I, I agree that, you know, the first they should teach these kids. First thing you should do is just like, hard right 90 degree angle get to the sidelines uh, and sometimes you see it work out well uh, when you know it's coming but this was worst case scenario uh, and, and the, the kind of crappy thing about it is if this weren't you know a duke player or a, a future pick uh, it wouldn't be talked about as much but like that's still a student athlete who's getting hurt by a fan after a game but yeah. so it is kind of like it's a good thing that it was Filipowski because he is a household name in the college hoops ranks. He's going to be drafted in the first round. Uh, so it does elevate the issue. But at the same time, like if, it, if, if this were, you know, if Nebraska beat uh, Michigan state or something like that, it, we wouldn't be talking about it nearly as much, but it's now happened to the biggest star in college basketball, Caitlin Clark. And uh, you know, one of the top men's players in Kyle Filipowski. It's interesting. You just said that. And that kind of clicked with me is Caitlin Clark, the biggest star not just in women's college hoops, but just in college hoops, period. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, and, you know, the visibility that she's gotten, um, the the amount of call-outs, shout-outs she's getting from pro athletes. Um, you know, you see the numbers uh, from uh, the, the, the broadcast of her games. You see the, the lines out the door, um, you know, at these opposing games. You know, uh, I, I think like Illinois and, and Indiana – uh, and Nebraska all had, you know, record attendance for her games. The Maryland game, um, you know, I know like several people from the neighborhood who don't go to the Maryland games who were all at that game, um, you know, and, and that game, Maryland, Iowa was actually, you know, uh, one of the most wagered on women's games of the year. 
Um, she is, it's unique that it happens. I think you could, could have said the same thing about Sabrina Ionescu a couple years ago where she was up there. Um, but I think also that might have been the Zion Williamson year. But this is a lightly down year for men's college basketball stars um, because of transfers and, you know, just how many people left in the draft. So I think it is Caitlin Clark by a, by a good clip. Who is, I mean, who's the biggest star in the men's game? This doesn't seem like, like I've looked at NBA mock drafts. It's like four, you know, international kids before there's an American college player who would be yeah. like, who's the Naismith winner this year? It's, it's Zach Day, the seven oh, right, right, guy right. from JP Purdue. don't like him. That's why he wouldn't mention his name. <laughs> I, I forgot about him. And if I, you I watched him, I watched him play the other day against uh, Michigan. Michigan's he, awful. By he the got way. every rebound and was scoring everything. He's, he's great. He's a very likable guy. Uh, you know, he's gotten so much better. He was, he was a, a, just a slab of concrete his freshman year. He's improved so much. Uh, you know, he's a nerd. He's an aerospace engineer. Um, you know, he, he loves playing video games, building Legos. Like, he, he's not a great soundbite. He's an incredible basketball player. He's, you know, the most dominant player in the country. But, you know, uh, Purdue has not had any NCAA success recently. Um, and, uh, you know, he's not uh, – He'll be drafted, but he's not, you know, a lottery pick. So, uh, you know, with the, the, the amount of Is he of not a now, lottery pick? I don't think so. Um, just with the amount Maybe of – he's, he's, a, he's a fourth or fifth-year player. Um, right. And, you know, the amount of guys from the G League Ignite, Ignite and, um, and overseas this year, uh, you know, that's where – and freshmen that may not have had a good year, but they just have, you know, all the measurables and, and the age really going for them. That's the biggest thing is a lot of these seniors, they may get more visibility in the tournament runs, but it doesn't correlate to draft uh, status because of, um, you know, measurables and whatnot, with some exceptions, you know, like your Jerry Flynn. Uh, but then, uh, you know, that, that was the year that, uh, you know, the, the Timberwolves took Jerry Flynn over a certain Steph Curry. So, um, yeah, it is, we're in an interesting year. Um, but I think, you know, uh, if Purdue has some success, I, I, he will be a household name in a, in a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, I think Purdue's guards are better than they've been. I, I just, right. I don't buy them. And I, people will tell me I'm crazy, but I just. You're just a hater. They just keep losing. So I, I'm going to be okay with that. Who Who is the the favorite to go against the NCAA? Because every time we see a number one team, they get knocked UConn off. UConn just lost, right? Yeah. Creighton? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, it's UConn or Purdue or or, or Houston, um, but you know they all have some some pretty ugly losses. You know, Houston or UConn just lost to uh, uh, Creighton by a, a good bit, but that was off the heels of beating uh, number seven Marquette at home by a good bit. Um, Houston got drubbed at Kansas, but Kansas is one of the hardest places to play. Purdue has ugly losses to uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Um, but I think it's either UConn or Purdue. And like you mentioned, the guards are really what matters. You know, you, you can win NCAA tournaments without seven-footers. Uh, but Purdue has le- leaned heavy on that. Their best tournament success was when they had Carson Edwards, who averaged, you know, 28 points a game. He, he was a threat to drive to the basket and shoot three-pointers. Uh, and so they have Braden Smith, who's probably their most important player. He's a 40% three-point shooter, averages 16 points a game. Uh, I think Purdue can have more success this year because, like you mentioned, they have guards. And you need guards and experience to win in March. Um, big men don't win you titles typically. You need people around them. Uh, and UConn has a full package of team. Uh, they have uh, players for roles, uh, players who can shoot, who can drive, who can play defense. They have a, a rim protector big man who's, who's elite. Um, you know, it, but it's the only reason I'm second-guessing UConn is not because they lost to Creighton. It is so hard to win back-to-back. Yeah. You just saw it with the Chiefs. 
but it is just so hard, especially in a tournament where, you know, like Gonzaga has been one of the best teams the last 10 years. They don't have a title because the tournament is the most fun postseason we have, but probably the worst way to determine the best team of the season uh, in totality. When do new rankings come out, Troy? Uh, like AP every week, uh, Monday around 2 p.m. All right, because so, uh, the ones I'm looking at right now still have Duke ahead of yes. Marquette and Carolina, so there's going to be new ones later today. Correct. Okay. Um, what about Carolina? I, they've got good guards. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have every week. I have a different opinion on North Carolina. I can't figure this team out. Uh, I can't figure out what I really want to think about this team. They have a very good big man. They have great guard play, um, but like they. They sometimes just don't show up. Like, they beat UVA, but they scored, like, 49 points. Um, you know, they're a, a strong team that can score um, kill shots, which are 10-0 runs, which are really important for tournament play. Uh, I It's also really tough for me because the ACC kind of stinks this year. Yeah. So, usually, you can get a good picture of how good a team is by their competition. Well, you know, Syracuse is down. UVA is not very good. Duke is good, but not the Duke we're familiar with. You know, uh, Clemson had a hot start this season. They've petered off Notre Dame's thing. So a lot of these teams were used to being good. Louisville is terrible. Um, So I don't know because the competition they're playing is suspect. It's kind of the same in the Big Ten. Uh, ACC and Big Ten, two power conferences for college basketball. A lot of mediocrity. That's why I believe Gonzaga always ends up like they are. They play a weak schedule, get to the NCAA and got to face real talent, and they don't have enough to hold up. They do it for a, port, a certain point. But if they got great teams back to back to back to back, they're not going to hold up very long. I don't even think they're ranked right now, right? But I'm saying, but the years, they always, yeah. they're always a number one, number two seed, and then they don't have that talent, I think, they have in the hand of the big dogs. It's fair. I, you know, they, they have made two to three Final Fours in the last five years. They they made a national championship game. Now, granted, they got boat raced by Baylor. Yeah. But, um, Baylor you, curb stop. Is that, is, where's that kid that was on Baylor with the dyed hair? He looked like Cisco from the Thong Song. Where is that kid? <laughs> is that Jeremy Sochan? I think yeah. he's in uh, San Antonio. He's playing with Wemby. Okay. Um, dude, let's, let's go locally here. I, I've been saying for a few weeks now, Certainly, I don't think a school inside the Beltway is making the tournament. Does that sound right? I think that sounds very right. Um, <laughs> what What about UVA? Because all of a sudden, they're not ranked. They're probably on the bubble. They can't score. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I I think, you know, they are going to need an impressive run in the ACC tournament. There's a lot of bubble teams now. Um, I mean, there always are. But a lot of teams are playing their way onto the bubble, uh, which means it's going to be really hard to parse through. There's going to be a lot of snubs, so to speak, just because there's going to be a lot of teams. Um, I haven't been very impressed with this, uh, this UVA team, uh, you know, like – uh, they're a good defensive team as they always been, but like they lost to Virginia tech by like 41. That just does not happen. They do not 41? give up the type of points that, uh, that they typically do. Uh, they, you know, they, they scored like less than 50 points against UNC. Uh, I think they'll probably end up in because, you know, they, they have a coach who can get his team right. And I think they will enough where some other teams and like there's, you're going to have a couple teams in the SEC play their way out because that's a really good conference. You know, um, Ole Miss and Mississippi state are going to end up beating each other up and they're, you know, they may both end up on the wrong side of the bubble. So, um, you know, I think the team that probably has the best shot in this area uh, and it really comes down to them winning their conference tournament, I think, but it's George Mason. Uh, that team is fun to watch. They had that uh, good you know, win the other night, right, against Dayton? 
Yeah, yeah. And it would be really good for this region. I think George Mason in general, for your Georgetown, AU, Maryland, whatever fans, easy team to root for. There's typically no hatred there. Um, you know, they have a, a major marquee moment in beating UConn to make the Final Four, which took place in D.C. And the guy who was the star on that team, Tony Skin, is now the head coach at, uh, you know, George Mason. They, they rattled off 10 straight wins. Uh, the A-10 is a little bit down, but, uh, you know, I would like to see that team in um, because I think they're, they're very volatile. They're, they play fast. Um, they do give up some points, but they can score in bunches. Uh, and it's the type of team that I think you know, it's going to be the only team within 40 miles of the beltway that even has a sniff at it this year. That's crazy, dude. And I know I think Richmond's playing well in VCU, but that's just far, dude. Let's be right. real. Um, of the two major locals, Hoyas, Terps, uh, Maryland got that big signing, um, the kid out of Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, what do you know about him? How big of a deal is that for Maryland? Uh, Queen, Derek Queen, is that the name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, haven't seen too much uh, of him, but I think it's, it was super important for Maryland right now because uh, they're in an odd space. Like, I, I don't think anyone anticipated them struggling this much. Um, you know, they have the talent necessary to be a tournament team right now. They've been shooting the ball just horribly. And if, it's, if Jameer doesn't score 40, they're cooked. That's basically what it yeah. seems like. That's a problem. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, um, you know, Willard is now in, what, year two or year three? And so two. he's getting his two so he's this is the year you really cement what you do and you get everyone on the same page but right now he needs to be changing things up and you know throwing something at the wall and and changing the style changing positions changing pace of play doing something um so i i do understand some of the criticism levied towards him um but i do think getting a commit now can satiate some of the people because terps fans want change all the time they want to be really good all the time in basketball um, and I think they're, it's not that they're a bad team. They're just playing poorly, and that can change with the recruit fresh offseason and get things uh, headed in the right direction next year. I, I We'll see. They need that one. Dude, uh, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you. The Hoyas, obviously Ed Cooley left Providence to come to Georgetown, right? And I don't know what that – It's I thought it was about money, but people will tell me there were other things at play. Um, I correctly nailed Georgetown last week. To uh, to take them against St. John's with the points, and then to mm-hmm. take DePaul with the points. I know mm-hmm. they've got Providence coming up. Um, it seems like they really get up for that Providence game, but the rest of the season Pro- is Providence going to get up for them too. Now. Really pretty ugly. Like, what do they got going? Not a lot. Uh, uh, Brumbaugh, Bryson Brumbaugh is uh, is pretty good. He'll be around for another two years, I believe. Um, the recruiting class is not stellar, but, uh, you know, honestly, Ed Cooley's recruiting classes at Providence were never super great, you know, save the one year he had Chris Dunn, but Chris Dunn really took a long time to develop. Uh, that's, he's a developer, man. It's when you get the sophomores, juniors, and seniors, by the time you're in your year three with Ed Cooley, you're playing harder than anyone in the country. There's a reason that like they average more overtime games, uh, than anyone for, for three or four years, because they just, it's fistfights. Every game is a fistfight, uh, <laughs> but he got high enough players, high level enough players who could make shots. Um, so I think it's going to, with Georgetown, they're three years away. Uh, you know, hopefully they can pick up a signature win or so next year. Do you get three years though anymore? Like if it's three bad years? Georgetown's going to have to give them to them because they sunk in a lot of money to them. They you sunk in a lot of money to Ewing that they're still paying. Uh, and Georgetown, you know, while there are some very generous benefactors there, you know, they don't have money coming in through football. Um, so they are a little hamstrung there in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, being able to to 
you know, just pay coaches not to coach. Um, I think, you know, and Ed Cooley has a track record, unless things hit the wall where he's cussing out more fans and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think he's a guy who always makes progress on his teams. And uh, I think that, you know, he'll have to hit the transfer portal a little bit harder, which he's been reticent to do in years past. Um, but uh, everybody wants to start doing that. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, transfer portal or die. Like that's just the, the reality. Now B and I also thought the, the I'm rich as a bleep was really funny from Cooley. Was that well received or were people pissed? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Obviously I'm a Georgetown fan, but I also just like, you know, uh, I, I'm getting to the age where it's like, let the people have some color, have some fun, man. Um, uh, it was not, well received among college basketball people um, because, you know, you're a head coach. You're supposed to be respectful and, and uh, you know, um, you know, lead by example and all that stuff. But he wasn't, he wasn't insulting the guy. He was basically, the guy was calling him out for, for getting paid lots of money to not do anything. He's like, yeah, I'm rich. So what? Um, it was funny. Uh, and when you're not winning games, you know, and you're in the first year of a, a pretty big rebuild, like, sure, go for it. But uh, it, when coaches, lash out, it is almost never going to be well-received, no matter how funny it is. Right. That's a fair fair way of saying it. Uh, Troy, thank you, dude. We might have to do these uh, for the next month or so, so so buckle up, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We will be calling you. That's our guy, Troy Macker. You can follow him, get all of his content, T-R-O-Y-M-A-C-H-I-R, College Hoops Fanatic over at Bet Rivers. Um, We call Troy because he's an expert on college hoops, and he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. When it comes to windows or improving your home, we recommend you call Paul Henry. Why? Because he's an expert. He knows what he's talking about, and we have the proof. He's done it at my house. He's done it at Brian's house. It's funny. I was sitting out in my porch yesterday, and he transformed my home. It's no longer cold in the winter and hot in the summer. It's just perfect year-round. The cold air stays in in the summer. The warm air stays in in the winter. And if you call right now, you can get 85 bucks off each window with a five-window minimum and up to 10% off doors. Uh, Jay, I'm glad you said that because Paul will be at my house Thursday. Uh, right after we get off of work, I'm going to check him out. And uh thing about Paul, he does windows. He's, he's great at windows, but he does some other things too. And I have him coming over to check on some other things I need to get done. I talked about this walkway going from my one garage to the other, and I want to make sure I get that back to uh, pristine condition. Paul is, a, is excellent at doing that. He comes in, he takes care of everything he's supposed to. But if you want to get some windows now, reach out to Paul, and you'll receive $85 off each window uh, with the five-window minimum. And if you want to get some doors, you get 10% off the doors. So contact Paul Henry's Window Installation today and tell him that B. Mitch and Finley sent you. PaulHenrysWindows.com, your clear home improvement choice. News trickling in. All right. I don't know that we'll go to this, but this is cool. Defending World Cup champ Argentina will play Guatemala at FedEx Field on Friday, June 14th. I think, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I'm guessing oh, man, I'm guessing Messi is retired from international play and probably isn't playing in a random friendly anyway, but it's cool. Probably and it's, Argentina's loaded with other players, but Messi may be the greatest of all time and certainly in the conversation. Maybe he'll just be there and hang out. Um, but if you're into soccer, I mean, getting to watch Argentina and uh, I went to DC United the other night it was good. What's that? I went to oh DC yeah, United. how was that? That was fun, man. What was that Saturday night? Yeah, dude had a hat trick for DC or for the New, other team? DC. Nice. Who'd they yeah. play? Uh, New England. Wayne Rooney is gone. They got a new coach. 
I, if somebody had a hat trick, I assume they won, right? Yeah, uh, three to one. All right, good. Um, and the that... guy, the guy that scored it, he's dude. He's tall, but he's he's lived by the net. They couldn't move him out. Damn, MLS doesn't own MLS.com. What's the MLS website? What is it? MLSsoccer.com. All right. Man, I'm not doing so hot here. Um, We're, we're going to do our official MLS preview right now. Huh? Um, So, D.C. United is 1-0, I assume. Wasn't that the opener? Yeah. Well, I thought it was their first, their home opener, right? Landy, you got anything for us on this? All right. Conference standings. D.C. has three points. Yeah, they're 1-0. Boom. Okay. We're on top of this thing. Um, who was the, what was the guy's name that scored? I know they got a new coach that I heard an interview with him. He wants to like be more up tempo. I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce the name. Okay. We're not going to have your name, sir, but we're working on it. Um, DC United was really good for a long period of time. And that was a lot of fun. And they've just been awful for a while. The atmosphere was festive. Dude, Audi field is awesome. It is. It's a lot of fun. And you'd love if they could get it back. Because I, I, there are serious diehard fans who I'm sure I'm going to get tweets from now. Um, but I, I think you really hope if they can get something going again, it'd be a lot of fun. So I got your guy's name, B. You ready? All right. This is from MLSsoccer.com. Uh, quick reactions to everybody's first game. Christian Benteke. That's him. B-E-N-T-E-K-E. Yeah. Uh, Christian Benteke in the six-yard box is a CB, problem. baby, CB. The Belgian striker got a hat trick in D.C. United's 3-1 to opening win over New England. And thus, the Tony Lesesny era started with fireworks. I, I'm guessing Tony Lesesny is the new coach. Must be. Um, the new head coach said this. In terms of us playing into Christian Benteke, I don't know why you wouldn't play into Christian Benteke. I'm saying the dude's good, man. All right. There you have it. We are an official Tony Lesnesny and Christian Batenki radio show. Those are our guys. You've you've just you've made it. Um I'm now watching highlights. This dude is good. Uh that was our DC United. Right, he, he goes down there and like move me out. That was our DC United MLS preview. Um he's a big fella. All right, cool. Um Saturday, I had my paddle tournament. Yeah, that I heard was, about uh, that. Did you play well? <sighs> when you said we got to talk about it, I, I, I thought you played well. So what the hell happened? I, You know what, B? <laughs> the tournament started at 8 in the morning, and I didn't do anything crazy the night before or anything. Really? I think I think I'm a, I think I'm a, a nighttime player because there's lights usually we play at night. I think the morning threw me for a loop. Um... I never played my best for a prolonged period, um, but we did. We finished top twenty. How many teams they had? <laughs> More than twenty. <laughs> Twenty-one. Hold on, Linfield. We hold finished on, top on, twenty. Jeff. If, if, if they finished top twenty, it was twenty-one teams. <laughs> he was number twenty. No, there was an even number of teams. Okay, so it was twenty what? More than twenty. Twenty-two. More than twenty-two. <laughs> 24. Jeff, there is good news for you. <laughs> there was a giveaway oh, at the paddle Lord. tournament. 
So my brother-in-law, his he had to change partners at the last minute. And they had already given, they had already ordered pants for his first partner. And so his second partner got these pants. And what size are they? So my Cam is my brother-in-law. Cam's first partner was a former like minor league baseball player, like a big kid. Like a this guy's gotta be like six five. And then the guy that ended up playing with him, shout out to Sneaky Pete, is like five right. eight. <laughs> so Jeff, I believe, I don't know. <laughs> Are you a double X? Double X pants. I, hey, that may be a little tight on Jeff, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think I'm a double X pants, bro. You're not? You bigger than that? I don't know, man. How are the pants? Let me cut? see them. Let me see How about them. I go try them These on? are pretty fresh, though. You think I, I should go try them on? They're going to be a little tight. I he also, gonna, he's going to look like he's about to go run track for the uh, Lady see, Bears. I want to see Jeff wear... Congressional men's paddle member guest pants to the record studio <laughs> and just see what everybody says. Jeff, what the hell are those? They're going to look like no. yoga pants on you, Jeff. They're cut pretty big, I feel like. JP, because no. you're looking at them. Have you seen Jeff lately? Hold on. What is that supposed to mean? You always claim you're an XL. You told us you were. Yeah, that's, he that's was 240, but he admitted 280 the other day. No, I did not say 280. I said I'm down from 280. I'm at 269. Congratulations. Um, okay. So you can't wear double X pants? I just said I don't know. JP, the, the pants I shop in is not usually an XL. It's a number. So, you know. Hey, know what you do? Try them on. If they're tight, we will post it on Be Bitch or Philly. We could do that. Okay. Y'all weirdly want to see me try on pants. Uh, no, Let's no. do it. I'm saying you say I'll try them on. So be over here trying to see how I look in congressional pants. How weird is that? That's JP who said all that. I, I didn't know the name on them. Brian, I never brought up trying it on. That was your idea. No, he said it up front. About um, I'll try them on. I do think we have to post a picture if you try them on. It's definitely weird how you guys want Jeff to try on pants for you so you can photograph it. Here's That's what unusual. Hold on. When you say it like say, that. Say what you want to say. The person trying to throw shade is going to be the one who take the picture and, and post it. Landfill. Yeah. Um, and laughing little ass off. You know what I was thinking about? I'm weird. How We know. How are you going to name this segment for the podcast? We talked Argentina, DC United, mm-hmm. and if Jeff can fit into double XL pants. I'm going to say JP's MLS preview and Jeff needs uh, bigger pants. Strange you, stuff. Do you think it was a comprehensive MLS preview? Uh, I think it was great. Not did, not even remotely, but, you know, hey. Did we serve? Say what you want to say. I was at the game, he and we game. talked about it. I promise you, it's more than any station in this building did today. Yeah. You know what's sad, Brian? I played five games of paddle tennis on Saturday. My body was a wreck. It's about five hours of relatively strenuous exercise. Did Maybe not even strenuous did, exercise. Is it like? It's not like pickleball, then, because they no. I, they barely move. No, it's way more. It's it's closer to tennis than pickle. Okay, because I need to see you do it if I give you any credit. My lower back was a well, Jay. That's because you don't. You're not doing it right. If your lower back hurting, then me, you're not doing something right. Brian, I think I'm not doing a number of things right. <laughs> Nobody go anywhere. It's B Mitch and Philly. B Mitch here, and I always demand excellence whether I'm on or off the field. And if your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for my friends over at Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act. You can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18-seer inverted heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head over to Rude.com, that's R-U-U-D.com, and see for yourself 
elevate your carpet this winter with Rude. Because if it ain't Rude, it ain't right. Um, update. Jeff cannot fit in double XL Trying pants. To get my um, I got a photo. Landfill, I'll send it to you. Landfill. B-Mitch I'm going to just pants. say this. Have you ever seen J-Lo in some of her tight stuff? Yeah. That's just how Jeff had his pants fit him. Oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Please do not ever he, compare he me to like, J-Lo. He looked like Jeff Lowe. <laughs> Jeff, can I ask you a question? Well, he looked like J-Lo. Jeff Lowe. Yes, JP. What's your question? Would it be fair to characterize you as having a big ass? Excuse me? I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm asking. Uh, everybody out there listening to the show right now. That's just, that's the Philly side of the show. I'm just, I'm just asking that. <laughs> Pause. I think I, think I low-key have a fat ass. We gonna, I'm telling you. People gonna, don't expect it, but I do. I can't I, wait. I can't wait to see uh some of the, the some of the, the comments from the show today. They're gonna be like, they were talking about asses. Nah, now, man. Now I, all right. I can wear like I'm wearing a 33 waist pant right here. But I I have Big thighs, big. I'm, I'm thick, as the ladies would say. Yeah, I, that's my problem. I have thick thighs. J Dogs forever, man. I got thick thighs. So bro. you say you got 33 inch. And we're going to eternally pause this conversation. You got 33 inch waist, Jay? I think it's okay for men to talk about each other's thickness. I don't yes, think but, it is. And not the way you presented it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got one wanted... guy comparing me to hey, J Lo, hey, and you asking me. We don't know if you're going to be able to go to WF. I'm out on oh, the WF. The dude's going to be like, don't let JP come. I am out. I'm all the way out on WF. Um, nah, nah, nah. We're going to throw one in a different spot. Now, I have a question for the room. I'll start with Landfill. Uh, this is a tr- now, I'm getting a ton of feedback from our MLS preview. Thank you for all the positive feedback. People clearly are excited about our. Is it really positive? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> what? Why? 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 Mad because we mentioned the game and, no. and talked about it? The, the, the world is a vampire. Landfill. Is this a compliment or not? This is from Ziggy62. He says, while JP is a great radio host, he would have made an all-star used car salesman. <laughs> How does one respond to that, Landy? Hey, no. That's, that's hurtful. I take that as a compliment. You think it's hurtful? No. Yeah. I mean, if all-star used stuff, I mean, he's going to be at the top of the game. He, know how to, he can sell a damn... Four by four inch spot. I could sell millions. fire in hell. He, he can make you believe a lot of stuff. Sure. Uh, it's complimentary. We're going to leave it as complimentary, JP. Used car salesmen do not have good reputations. They don't. But guess what, though? They keep jobs. Okay. Do radio hosts have good reputations? Better than yeah, used I car do. salesmen. I do. You I don't might. know about you. You might. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of, of much of this. I am excited to talk to Barry's friend. At least you'll be an all-star. That's right. Yeah. Barry joins us next. He's down in Palm Beach at the Nats Spring Training Facility, getting everything uh, ready for that season. What I want to ask Barry, almost above all else, I want to talk football with him and the combine and everything, but the learners are no longer selling, right? There was a time where the learners were trying to sell the team. Now they're not. I wonder... If there's not something bigger at play now that the Orioles are getting sold, you would think that means that Masson's out or, 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 or the Angelos family is out and maybe something changes with Masson and 
maybe there's like bigger changes for Beltway baseball in two cities coming. Um, but I'm really curious what Barry thinks because he's wired in. What do you, what do you make? Do you draw a line? Is there a correlation from the Orioles getting sold and now the learners aren't for sale? Or is that too much of an extrapolation? I think it's too much of an uh, extrapolation. I, I I don't draw a direct line. I just figure that maybe just the relationship between the two, maybe something that they're willing to try out first. Because I'm the, the relationship between he and Crazy, you know, it didn't work out. That wasn't going to work out at all. Right. And I think anybody with the last name was going to always make you have the, a problem with them. Yeah, I think it was never going to work with Angelos. Now that that is getting removed, maybe that can change things. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Tweets are starting to fly now. Um, they kill you now? Eh. Just tell them. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. I'm yeah. made of steel. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to Barry next. We'll kind of go <laughs> from there. Um, I still haven't seen this Cam Newton fight. Where do I find it? It's all over the place, Jay. Did he actually get in a fight? I, the people went after him, and he was just holding two guys like they were little kids. What, is, what I'm finding out is that it was two coaches that used to coach with him that were coaching the team that they just played against, and that team had beaten them. But it was a lot of trash talk going on, and they went after Cam. Cam was holding like – Oh, wow, I'm looking at this. Cam was holding both of them off like he never stumbled or anything. It's like he was like, come on, little boys. And then a couple of the the people that played on the team start trying to throw some haymakers too. I mean, here's what I know: he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a unit. But did somebody try to hit him with like a walking stick? What was that stick that somebody comes tried to hit him down? with something? But the whole thing about it is, listen. Oh, that dude tried to sneak him. Yeah, and Cam does a lot of good stuff. Now t- Cam is weird as hell. I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna preface preface everything by saying that, but he does a lot. Which he don't have to put up with all that mess, okay? But he did, and now he's he is involved so with much the, bigger than these other yeah, dudes. Those dudes are coaches from uh, another team that used to be coaching with him. His hair—it also looks like he's he wearing had on a witch hat, a witch's hat, and it never moved. It never moved. These guys that started this fight need to evaluate their lives. You're starting a fist fight. With a guy that's probably paying for everything at a youth it, it, football he was, tournament? He was at a different uh, – it's a flag football camp, I mean tournament, and he took his team there to play, and it was about 1,500 total kids there. Um, but that – those two guys that came at him, it was more than two, it was like three guys, and he was just holding them all. But those guys came after him for some reason. I, I, I could not decipher exactly why. But they said there was a lot of trash talk happening. Uh, and one of the one of the things I always try to remind people of is that like you you hear a guy is old or small, but that is old and small relative to the rest of the NFL. Cam six four two fifty and thirty four years old. Yeah, like he ain't old. No, <laughs> Barry Sferluga joins us next. Reports out of New York: the Giants could replace Daniel Jones and look at a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Who said that earlier? You and I have been talking about it for a couple of weeks. There you go. Uh, Giants hold the fifth overall. I'm sorry, the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. Is that 
J.J. McCarthy's music? Is that Drake May? Maybe New England goes a different direction? Somebody. Somebody other than who they have. Or maybe they look at a veteran that might be available. I don't know. Wacky stuff. It's possible. Um, speaking of wacky stuff, B, I don't know if you heard this. I need to let our friend Barry Sverluga in on something. Barry, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, guys. Hope you're doing well. We're we're good. Um, I just wanted to make you aware that Landfill and I just convinced Jeff that your real name is Barreled and that Barry is short for Barreled. <laughs> Yeah, that's a congratulations on that bit of fiction. Um, <laughs> Jeff's like, I've never heard the name Barreled. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, and noticed my mom. Then he said it was German, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of believe him. <laughs> um, dude, how's Palm Beach? Uh, it's good. I mean, I got down here Friday night. They played their first um, game on Saturday, getting ready for a one o'clock game here against the Mets. Um, and it's, you know, vibe in camp is, is really good. And it's not so much because of um, the major league team. I mean, they played uh, the other night against the Astros. They were getting destroyed, 7 nothing. Patrick Corbin, you know, had some defensive miscues behind him, couldn't get out of the first thing. All this kind of stuff was going on. And then they kind of did almost like a hockey line change and put the kids in. And it just got fun fast. I mean, it's it, these guys are coming. Uh, James has hit homers in each of the first two games, and they were not wall scrapers. I mean, these were total, total bombs. Um, so it's it's fun uh, translate to in wins and losses in D.C. this summer, but it's, it's a very, very good vibe, vibe for what's on the way. I love that. So, I mean, the two big-name prospects now, and if, if there's more to add, you tell me, but – James Wood, who's a local kid, I, I think he was at St. John's College High School, right? Before he transferred That's down correct. to IMG yep. or whatever. Yep, he's a um, unit. He's a. He, I, he, I met his dad not maybe a few weeks ago. He's like six seven his dad or something. A unit Barry. Too. Yeah, he's six six two thirty five, and Ooh. somehow looks bigger than that. And I'll tell you what, like I'm writing about him today, um, and and the highlight stuff really is the. Um, you know, obviously they're they're the towering homers, but he he hit a little roller back to the right side yesterday that was kind of in that no man's land between the pitcher and the second baseman charging in, and he didn't beat it out. The second baseman got him, but I'm telling you, man, you watch this kid run. He looks like he's chewing up. Like <laughs> I mean, I, I said to somebody in in the clubhouse this morning asking about that play, it was like. Yeah, we think it took him a six strides to get to, to first base, 90 feet to first Damn. base. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's not like, not by much. That's... And I would also say, like, if you get the chance to see him, um, if there's ever an opportunity when he's going first to third, it's like a sight to behold. Like, he is a gazelle chewing up, like, big chunks of yardage uh, with a single stride. Just a, a physical specimen for sure. That's like uh... – Giannis, when he has the ball on the break, just how wide his strides are, how long his strides are. Um, The other prospect where there's so much excitement is Dylan Cruz, kid out of LSU. Um, I know our NBC4 team was down there and got an interview with him. I I was pretty impressed. He's rocking the big sunglasses, the mustache. Uh, How has Cruz looked so far? He he is like I went down to Fredericksburg when he got there last year, and he just he's he's a lot of like yes sir no sir like um, southern gentleman type, but he's also like he just kind of screams ball player like he 
he may he may have not played a full season in the minors yet, but it, it, tell me LSU and the SEC isn't minor league baseball. Like he just is like the whole package, like you said, JP, with the he's got the shades, he's got the stash, he's got um everything about him is kind of professional in his preparation, even though he's been a pro for, for less than a year. Um and the the great thing about this spring, Dave Martinez, the the manager is like these kids are going to play like we're going to get to to look at them. Um, and that just makes these games way more interesting than, you know, insert the free agent you've never heard of that they signed in the off season um, to fill the spot on the big league roster. Like the the kids are, are what we're here to see. And, and it's been fun so far, just in the early going. How is uh, Josiah Gray look? So he is making this start today. Um, against the Mets. It's his first uh, start. And, um, uh, you know, big expectations for a kid who was an all-star last year and then kind of um, stumbled in the second half. I was just talking to to Davey Martinez about him. Like, that's what he has. The next step for him is minimizing the beginning, like taking a, a potentially game-breaking situation and and minimizing the damage and trusting that, his stuff, his his pitch repertoire is good enough to get major league hitters out, even in those tight situations. Like that's the next step for him. So he'll, Brian, his first start is today. He'll go two innings. Like we're not going to learn a ton. Um, I would say Mackenzie Gore through yesterday, and of these prospects on the pitching side, he's he's the one who has the high upside. Like Gray can be a really really good major league pitcher. It, there's a chance that Gore is an elite major league pitcher. He struck out four of the first six hitters he faced. Um, he's messing around with the changeup a little bit and got hit, but that was just an experimental thing. And his stuff is like, he just generates so many swings and misses. Like that's how you can tell a guy could be a high end dude in the majors. Barry's starting to sound like me, B. You notice that? I um, just got a little deeper. We're talking You're a little raspy. <laughs> talking with our friend Barry Sferluga here on the BetQL guest line. You can give him a follow at. Barry Sverluga, B-A-R-R-Y-S-V-R-L-U-G-A. We call him Barrel. That's his close friends call him that. Um, dude, so I, I think there's real reasons to be excited about the Nats, especially, I mean, we probably don't see Cruz and Wood till August or something. Is, is that sound about right? You know, I could see it faster, JP. I mean, they're going to, Mike Rizzo always says, like, they'll tell you when they're ready to come up. And, um, you know, it's early going here and, and we haven't started the minor leagues uh, season, but you know, I, if the over under is August 1st, I'm, I'm probably going, you know, the earlier side of, of that day, particularly for wood. Who's, who's been through full minor league seasons before um, something Cruz hasn't done so far. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but the bigger issue, I think for the Nats and we don't maybe know the answer on this, I think it was last week we found out the Nats are no longer for sale, right? That the learners, at least for right now, are holding on to the team. That could mean a million different things. It could mean they just haven't gotten their price. It could mean they're really keeping them. Maybe they found some money under the couch. Who knows? But for a while, the learners spent to a level where the Nats were highly competitive, broke through, won a World Series. Now they're doing nothing, and it's killing the team. If they're sticking around, what is this all going to look like in a year or two or three? It, I mean, I'll tell you what it does is, it, is now it erases the uncertainty of 
if they don't spend why are they why are they not doing it like it's it's only because they're being cheap if they don't do it in the in the future and i'll tell you like i'm not going to draw any conclusions yet because this was not the off season to go out and make a big um you know 900 million dollar plus um deal because the the infrastructure isn't quite there yet but unless something horrendous happens injury wise to a bunch of different guys next off season is going to be that time. And you may, you know, all the prospects that we talk about, and it's more than just the few that, that we've mentioned so far, they're not all going to hit, but if, um, if a few of them come through, then you've got the, the makings of a good core going forward that will need veteran leadership, veteran presence, um, and veteran production, like you can't just do it all internally. Even the Orioles, who have the best young core in, in baseball, like they had to go out and trade for Corbin Burns because they really need pitching. Like that, that's going to have to be the Nats next year. And if it's not, then you're holding the learners accountable because it will be their choice not to spend. I went back and looked at it last week. JP, you mentioned them having competitive payrolls when, when they were good. From 2013, which is the year after they won their first division title, through 2021, they were outside of the top 10 in payroll only once, and they were in the top five, I think, three times. So that's very, very competitive. Like, they have done it before. And so they can. It's it's a choice. And if they choose not to spend um, next year, it's, it's their feet that are going to be held to the fire. It could it be like they were thinking about okay we getting out of here so we're not gonna get our money tied up because like, you know you say you're gonna sell something you get your money back when you gotta deal with the government with taxes and different sales you never know what you're gonna get back and now that they're back do you think that they jump full force into it? I mean you gotta hope that they will, Brian. But I mean they also are a group that is very cognizant of every dollar spent and where it goes and what they get out of it and what they could get out of it if they put it into something else. So, you know, go back to JP's really original point, like what does this announcement mean that they're keeping it? Like it definitely means that they didn't get whatever price they had in mind um, for it. I can't help but think that the Orioles sale for only north of 1.7 billion um you know kind of hindered the learner's hand they 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 already had an offer of more than 2 billion and turned that down um so damn you know, they turned we were, down they, 2 bill was that from the korean we were, dude no 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 that was ted leonsis last last year we had um our reporting was he had made an offer of of somewhere north of, of 2 billion dollars wow so, now they the said no that's correct that's correct so if that wow the, the kind of real estate pricing that they're looking at like they're not they're not going to get it right now um i will are say they going to get it ever excellent question um you know I, I i don't know the answer to that um these things do go up in value um and the dc market is a bigger market than than baltimore is it's it's not as provincial sure. it can you could you could um, argue it's an international market. There's something to be in the nation's capital, but you know, is it worth seven hundred million dollars more than the Orioles? I, I, I think it probably isn't. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if this is a, Brian. I think it's a giant TBD about how they handle 
everything from major league payroll to staffing to technology, all that stuff that costs some level of money, what sort of investment are they making financially and emotionally and with time into this franchise that they so recently had, had seemed willing to get rid of? That's fascinating, man. Um, do you think, and you kind of mentioned it there, Brian and I were talking about this. Do you think the learners announcing that they are not selling the the timing was what two weeks after the Orioles announced they are selling. Is there any sort of correlation there or just coincidence? Well, I think two things. One, if they hadn't decided before the Orioles sale, um, then seeing that price, like I mentioned, had to scare them off. And two, I've always been told, and we saw this with the commander's sale, um, that these things are best handled in off seasons, that it's not good for anybody involved to be trying to, to peddle something in the middle of a year when, you know, you've got uh, uh, games to run, games to be played and organized. You know, that's just not the time to do it. So you're coming up on this year, like they're not going to sell it in the next three weeks. But I also think, you know, realistically, I'll just go back to that same point we just talked about, like, they had to know they weren't going to get the price that, that um, they would accept. And I would point out, we've probably talked about this before, like they are not a group that looks at the market for what the market says it is. They decide what's an acceptable price. And if they don't get it, they don't do a deal. And that's true um, in the naming rights for the stadium. Like Nationals Park opened in 2008. There's a price that somebody would have paid to put – you know, to call it whatever, Geico Field or or, um, or something like that. And the learners decided it's worth X. And if you offer X minus one, they're not doing a deal. Um, that's true in the sale of the team. That's true, um, you know, for gaming rights. Um, that's just how they do business. They've been very, very successful at that. Um, and they're not going to conform to what we would think of our norms in, in Major League Baseball. Um, talking with our friend Barry Sfaluga, columnist for the Washington Post, who's down in uh, West Palm Beach at Nat Spring Training. Plenty of great content coming out um, via the Washington Post. But, dude, I, I, because you can talk about anything in sport, I, I definitely wanted to ask you, and understanding you're a dookie, too. Um, the court Went sto- to Duke, not a dookie. Pa- pardon me, pardon me. I thought that was the preferred nomenclature. Is that inaccurate? I'll pass on that one, yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry, Barold. <laughs> Um, but listen, you got to be wicked smart to go to Duke. Barry did that and, and he deserves commendation. Duke wake wake pulls off the upset. They're in Winston. You and I have both been in that little arena. It gets pretty rowdy. Um, they storm the court, big fella kind of gets tripped up. What do you make of that specific situation and, and maybe court storming in general? So I think there's got to be, I, I love storming the court and I think, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a unique college, like um, enthusiasm, raw enthusiasm. The students are behind the team. Like I have no problem with it, but they got to figure out a way to allow for 10 or 15 seconds to get the teams out of there because yeah. it's happening too much. And it's, you know, it's not just that Kyle Filipowski got hurt, but the, the kids could get hurt too. So I, I got, I got to feel like there's a middle ground where, um, you can get the teams out of there and the, the fans still get to celebrate, but you're not, I mean, these people are definitely, definitely, definitely in, in harm's way. And we've seen it 
not just with Filipowski, but with Caitlin Clark and the Memphis kid, um, et cetera, during the year. It's, it's, a, it's a hot button issue right now, but I think it's a hot button issue for a reason. Yeah, I just, I don't think you want to get rid of it, but you're right. If you could just get 30 seconds of, of getting these kids off the court. Um, yeah. I, I don't, that's far above my. It's just like, I mean, Caitlin Clark, yes, the one with Caitlin Clark, I don't know how she didn't see that lady coming. I mean, that, that person coming. They just, she was running and the lady came towards her. I, I mean. She also, she also may have flopped. I mean, right, not which just, is crazy. Caitlin, you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, the dude, like, I was watching it with somebody else. They felt like he stuck his, his foot out. I don't know mm-hmm. if he did it. No, I just thought he was walking. And somebody running and didn't look at him and just tripped over his leg. But you have to have some level of awareness as a damn athlete. Well, for sure. But also, Brian, like, if if they're coming at you, if, if hundreds, if not like a thousand kids are yeah. coming at you from, from all angles, like, you're under some pressure to move fast in another direction. And I just think, like, you can be aware as an athlete, but you got you don't have 11 dudes trying to tackle you. You've got, you know, a couple hundred who are coming to the center of the court. And if you're in the way, like you, you maybe, you know, maybe we're lucky something worse hasn't happened. And I'm not, I'm not talking like, you know, um, I'm, I'm talking like a, a totally leg. blown out yeah. knee or, right. or yeah. something like that. You but, can see that happen. But see, when, what, this is the thing though. When he was walking, not being hit, he walks into someone or they weren't into him. When he started flopping around, they were all avoiding him. Look at the look, sure. at look at it again. It's like normally, for the most part, the people are trying to get on the court to their people, and they're not trying to harm you. But <laughs> you know, there may be a fool that run out there, run straight to you, and try to do something. You know, I, I understand that part. It, it, well, I also I also think Brian, like you, you could be successful and try to avoid one person and in avoiding one person get hit by two others. You know what I mean? It's just, it, you just become kind of a, a default target um, it, almost by accident. Um, and I do think like it's, it's time to get, you know, it, I don't think it needs to be 30 JP, but 15 seconds would get, give these guys a ton of um, advanced strides toward the locker room. And dude, I think, Everybody wants to just blame these kids. I think the adults, the administrators can do a better job of being prepared. Like you can identify potential court storming situations probably two weeks out, one week out, but also at halftime of games. I don't know if you can do it two weeks or one week out, but if you are looking at a game and this five minutes, ten minutes left, and you see that the team that is known to be whooping your tail all the time may lose this game. Right. You could call a timeout. They they should have a, a chance where that home court could call a timeout and set something up or make an announcement to try and help to help protect it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think more preparation from all angles, starting with the the adults, is the right call. Right. Yeah, yeah I agree with that, um, Barry. Before we let you go, how excited are you for the combine? Will you lock into all the coverage? Are you going to DVR when you know the linemen are running the forty or? Or are you going to fly directly into Indy to, to watch it in person? How much of this are you, are you going to consume? Yeah, definitely call me in April. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk Masters anytime. Oh man, I can't wait. I mean, that's that, Masters is five weeks out, probably. 
Sounds about right. Maybe yeah. six? Uh, yeah, exactly five weeks out. Yes, for sure. Um, did you watch any of the Mexico Open conclusion I yesterday? Did. I did, too. I watched the bounce of the win. I was, uh, I was covering some ball down here, so I missed that. But I do think, like, it struck me with that field. Like, we are at such – I love the elevated um, – yeah, field man. events like those are great, but man, did the other ones suffer for having these like, and nothing against anybody who played well down there, but like, it's a harder watch when the the entire like top echelon of the tour is not is not playing. Dude, I I was having the same thought, man, and and I get the elevated tours. It, it these elevated events are going to be packed, but now they don't have cuts, and it's just ah. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's tough. It's going to be an adjustment period, but it makes the majors that much more important, which I am well, into. For sure, but I also feel like it, when you throw Liv into the mix and, and that's the only time you're going to see those guys, it's it's almost like golf has morphed into tennis. It's not quite to this point where, like, the only four tournaments that really matter at all are the majors. I, I don't think it's to that point because, like I said, I, I still love those elevated events, but it is true that that's the only time you're going to see um, the, the entirety of the best players in the world. I know. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry, thank you, man. We always Hi, appreciate B. you making time for us. Appreciate it, guys. Gonna thank you, brother. This ball game. That's our guy, Barry Sverluga, down in West Palm covering the Nats. Make sure you follow him at Barry Sverluga. Going to make some bets here in a couple all righty. Combine about to get going. I, Brian and I both went out to Ashburn last week to meet a bunch of these new assistant coaches. Um, had a bunch of conversations. You can look at all the videos are on my YouTube page at JP Finley DC. Um, I wanted to play this one because I think this story is just nuts. This is new Commanders tight ends coach David Rye. I'm very excited to talk to new Commanders tight ends coach David Rye. You've told me everybody just calls you Rye. How many different ways has your last name been mispronounced? <laughs> I think really, well, what's the first one you would say when you look at it? When I first saw it, I said Ray, and then I went yeah, to the pronunciation guy. what it was. It was, um, yeah, it's just rye, like the bread. All right. Yeah. Um, how fired up are you for this opportunity? I mean, this is, this is awesome. It's special because um, when you ask that question, the, fir- the first place my mind goes is to the leadership, and that's, I mean, DQ have been phenomenal like the the thing I'll tell you is in the first week together I feel like I know everybody in the building and that's that says a lot about the approach they're taking and and you have ties with Cliff right going back to the Arizona coaching staff there yes yeah Cliff uh, I first met Cliff in 2013 this was how old were you um, I was just finishing my GA ship okay so this was essentially eight eight years of Spent eight years at the University of Iowa, and I was really looking for somebody um, with a with a dynamic offense. And so I flew down to Texas Tech. It was like graduation night to get my GA ship, and I showed up. Instead of going to graduation, I went to Des Moines and down to Lubbock, Texas. Had never been there before. I'd never met Cliff, and went in at 4:30 in the morning, and the only guy there was Cliff. Wow! And I was whatever so was he expecting you or did you just roll no. in like hey i'm here for a job no, he was not expecting me when you roll in on somebody at 4 30 a.m like that's not always like oh this looks like a pleasant conversation no, no. it's a it's probably a little bit like your job yeah. you know where, like just begging you to talk <laughs> yeah. where you just got to show up but yeah i mean long and the short of it we had a 
we had a quick year there. Um, Dude, was Mahomes there then? It was Baker. Okay. So wow. Yeah, it was Cliff's first year. I met him the first day. I was there for 11 months. Um, we had Baker, we had Davis Webb, and then Patrick was coming in, and I got a call from Mike McCarthy, and I I thought it was a prank phone call, and I ended up in Green Bay for five years, Arizona, um, and now we're doing it again in Washington. How how excited are you to kind of re-rack this thing, to to be back with Cliff, and you've had you've been around the league, Green Bay, and Tampa mostly most recently right yes yeah um, yeah back with baker i mean how weirdly full circle is a lot no, of this that stuff? was it, it's amazing it's a small business and um it's obviously intense and the thing i'll say is that it's the the people you're around i mean i i love working with cliff and he's he's a remarkable just leadership you know he's a remarkable example of leadership discipline and obviously offense and cliff is I mean, it's a dream come true, man. I, that's awesome. Um, now, you are tight ends coach here, but your background is quarterbacking. Um, you talk about Baker and, and Davis Webb, all these guys you've been around. Mm-hmm. What, what is the right way to develop a young quarterback? You know, I've, I'm going to defer to Cliff and Tavita on that because, I mean, those are the guys that are coaching them. And really, my background is, if you look at it, it's detailed route training and footwork of the perimeter, and you're putting them together. How, how vital is kind of that, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, that's the conduit between the pass game and the run game and, and marrying those and making the concepts look similar and making play action work. Like, do, does that get your gears going? Does that get you fired up? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the, um, even the evolution of the system, like you've seen it if you followed Cliff, it's been pretty dynamic to watch. I mean, from its origin to, you know, um, you know, we're able to do those things. Sure. Um, and that's without, I, I don't want to get into schematics. Too I, much, I get it, man. I get but, it. I'm not, yeah. I, if it if it helps on my quarterback development, I've asked Cliff and I've asked Tavita before. So I, I ask everybody that damn question. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, um, what about, guys aren't here right now. Maybe they are if they want to work out in the facility or whatever. Have you gotten to know any of the tight ends you're going to be working with here? Or do you know them from previous stops? We, we have not worked together before, but I've had great interactions with, um, the guys so far and I've only met a couple of them but talked to everybody on the phone and I mean it's it's the reputation of the group is phenomenal so it's a great group they're all really good guys and I don't know if you're aware of this but you how tall are you Six four, I think exactly so you're a tall guy but the tight end group you're taking over is shockingly large I think I think Logan might I think Bates is probably the shortest at six four, six five. And then the rest of them are like six six, six seven. Does that matter at all? Yeah, you love you love having guys with some length. I mean, that's of course that helps. They got to do a lot of stuff, especially at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. I've asked you a hundred questions. We just met. Thank you. Yeah, PJ. Thank you, brother. <laughs> David. Thanks. Thank you, man. New Commanders tight ends coach David Rye, right there. I like that interview a that was lot. Good dude. Yeah. Um, I I just. People don't understand the grind these coaches put in to break through, to just roll into Lubbock, Texas at 4 a.m. to try to get a job tells you a lot. Probably rolling at 4 o'clock. That tells you that they're serious. Yeah. You're like, uh, you're going to do this all the time? If I'm rolling in at 4 o'clock, it usually means I, I've been out the whole time. There you go. And it's, yeah, I'm the same way. And it's not serious. Um, today is 62 degrees. Thursday, the high is 48 
The D.C. weather is crazy, and you got to make sure you're ready for it. Whether it's the cold or the hot, your home's heating and cooling system need to be ready to go the distance. Assure your family's comfort all season long. Call my guys, the five-star heating and cooling experts at Crop Metcalf. Not only can your Crop Metcalf five-star technician properly fix and maintain your system, but has the knowledge and promise land. Come on and take a free ride. Come on and take your mom aside. Uh, shout out to Days of Confused. I'm guessing Landfill's seen it. B-Mitch doesn't watch movies, and Jeff hasn't seen anything that came out before 2000. Yeah, you're you talking right? about. This was on the Power Rangers movie. Starting to know that Jeff is like a little um, geeky uh, video game guy. Bro, Jeff. what? Mighty Morphin, Power, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was the stuff back in the day. Okay. Jeff, I, I had a real job. I wouldn't watch no damn Mighty Morphin Power well, Rangers. Well, back in my B, you was like. 40 at that time. Uh-huh. Well, you talking about back in the day, chump. Mighty. Say for for you. We're talking about the movie? The oh, movie, yeah. The movie came out in 95. That's Great the one movie. you're talking about? Yep. Great movie. Um, All-time classic. I, I, I was 13. I, I feel like I could have seen that, but I didn't. You was 13 and wasn't interested in Ivan Ooze and the white Power Ranger going at it? Man, what were you R. doing? R.I.P. I gotta be honest. I don't know what you just said as a sentence, but <laughs> I'm glad. What is that? What does that mean? I'm sorry that happened, or I'm happy for your success. I ain't reading all that. I ain't reading all that. That's what I have to say about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jeff. Your loss. Yeah. All right, but have you seen Days of Confused? Yeah. Yeah. I also seen the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Jeff, Jeff two movies Jeff that came out around the same time. Sitting in the house, watch Cartoon Guy too. You um, still do it. Jeff, you should watch Days of Confused. I think you'd legit like it. Here's a hint. Why should he watch what he already is? Here's a hint. There's a lot of weed in it. Is that is that Linkladder or whatever? The director? That's like his first breakthrough, right? It's good, Jeff. It's good. That's all I can tell you. That was Matthew McConaughey's breakout film. Um, I wanted to read something briefly uh, via Sports Illustrated. I, I, be, I don't want to speak for all of us. We all kind of think Brian Kelly's a jerk, right? The coach at LSU. My family. I don't know if he's a jerk. I think he's kind of a fraud. I think he's a jerk and maybe a little bit of a fraud. He's a hard ass anyway. He, he's not He's not but trying to. But is he to, always a hard ass? If he, he's always a hard ass, I'm good with it. That was his But if he just tried to fake it out, then no, I don't like that. He, he was full hard ass at Notre Dame. That's too. who he is. Yeah. Brian Kelly of Jaden Daniels. This is in 2022. So before the big breakout year was 23. This is 22. Jaden needs to learn to trust it. If he learns to trust his eyes, his reads, the timing of his receiver's routes, there's nothing he can't do. I'm just telling you right now, Jaden processes quickly. He can throw accurately with anticipation. But now I just need to get him to trust it and let it rip. If we can unlock that in him, he will take off. Well, you know what happened? Jaden started to trust it. Started to trust it. Um, Jaden Daniels is a hell of an interesting prospect. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Kelly might not be as bad as we think, JP. I, I think he's a good coach. I think Brian Kelly's good at football. I think well, he just, almost screwed up that first year. Kind of a jerk. Those people in LSU wanted to run him out of town. My family. Um, you know what 
the people at LSU won't care is if they win a lot of games. There you go. Uh, I think it's time, boys. That time? Let's make some picks. Let's do it. All righty. New week, new us. Uh, I doubt anybody has a pick ready to go, but Jeff, feel free to let us know. I have a pick to go. Yeah, I got a pick ready to go, too. Well, damn, pardon me. What Slandering you, us. What do you got, Landini? I'm taking TCU Moneyline. They're playing Baylor, a school which no one had even heard of before 2012. <laughs> Accurate. Did, did, that was just said that? I said that. You did say that? You were an idiot. Baylor was not a national college until Robert Griffin III. That's not true. Accurate. That is so wrong. You are so – you must not be a track guy, then, because they were very national early on. I am not a track guy. Okay. I like track, but I don't pay attention to collegiate track. Well, when you guys were wearing gold shoes in the Olympics and went to your school. Sure. Uh, that, Michael Johnson, that's my favorite Olympic moment the, ever. It's him in, the, in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. He was from Baylor. All right, Mr. Track. Who who are the best track teams right now? The track teams right now, LSU is always up there. They still let it down. Texas is definitely there. Um, um, let me go with another one. I, I know – Ohio State normally good, too. I mean, you just picked three of the largest schools in the country. No. you. I could have said Alabama. That's a large school. I could have said Ohio State. That's a large school. You said Ohio State. No, I didn't. I said Oklahoma State. We got to go to the videotape. I swear you said Ohio State. Why would you go to the videotape? You got to go to what's wrong? There's certainly no videotape. <laughs> yeah. All right. What school is number one in the track rankings? I can't tell you who's number one. Take Anybody take a guess. Baylor. Baylor is 10th. Baylor's 10th. University of Maryland. No. Hell no. Penn State. I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going out west. Texas Stanford. is 11. Stanford. Who's one then? Texas Tech. Texas Tech is number one? Mm-hmm. Well, we should have did because their football team looked like a damn track team. That's right. The Red Raiders. How about Oregon? Give us the top Where's five. Oregon in track right now? Top five. Can I, can Texas I put my Tech. In? <laughs> Arkansas. Georgia. Tennessee. Florida. I, well, Bama I'm, is seven. I'm LSU right is here. tied for seven. Give me the Knicks tonight. Give me how eleven minus thirteen and a half over Coppin State. Jeff taking and bison. if I don't know a line, I don't know if it's a line. I couldn't find one. But give me my Bowie State Bulldogs tonight. My ladies kick off tonight. They play Winston Salem in the CIAA tournament. They're gonna get done. Yo, real quick, serious shout out to. BCC High School boys and girls winning the Montgomery County title Friday. I'm glad you gone from there because they can win now. That we did not win a heck of a lot when I was on the team. Don't Shout worry, out to, we uh, didn't either, JP. Coach Sean Tracy, I've known Sean a long time. Congratulations, man! Happy for you. Um, I there's not a lot that I love tonight, Brian. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh. I'm going to lay the... I'm changing my bet. I'm taking the over 223. Wait, did you did you take the Knicks? I'm, I'm taking the over. In the Knicks-Pistons game? Yeah. Are you... Uh, on my app, it shows that game is canceled. They canceled it? I. Well, can't take that. What? Why is that game canceled? They did something stupid. I don't know. Got to find something else, Landfield. Quickly. Yeah, it's canceled, dude. All right. They're not showing the cancel on my end. 
unique scheduling complications associated with the in-season tournament? Or maybe it's, hold on, maybe it's just been moved from 7 to 7.30. Man, I don't know. I'm taking it over, 2.23. Yeah, they're still playing. It went from 7 to 7.30. That's incredibly bizarre. Uh, I'm going to lay the I po- need to fight, JP. I, B, I, I don't know what to tell you. Brooklyn Nets laying two on the road in Memphis. Give me the Nets. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program today. Thank you to all the track experts from sea to shining sea. Thank you to Mitch Tischler. Thank you to Troy Macker. Thank you to Barry's for Luga. This time tomorrow, I'll be in Indiana. Grant and Danny coming next. Have fun. Made, made it this far. I'll your beer. An experience to catch potential problems before you're left out in the cold. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. And remember, Crop Metcalf is the one with five stars. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.